Management. You're listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> All right, this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. Good morning, downtown Albuquerque. I am Fred Slow. Alongside me is my very best friend in New Mexico, the one guy I overlook for being constantly late to everything we ever do, Van Nunley. Good morning, Van. How are you? Uh, well, I'm on Albuquerque time, Yes, buddy. you are. And I proved that this morning. Yeah. Instead of being a half hour early, which I am mm. six or four mm. times out of ten, I was running late today. We are one week away from our two-year anniversary on the program, and you have maybe been early six times the entire Yeah, yeah that's what I just said, mm-hmm. six times out of ten. Good morning, Michael Vital. How are you? I am good, guys. The Bucks won last night. They rose to a level that was just – it was, it was a blowout. They blew the gates open. A little 30-point blowout for the Bucks last night. Yeah, they did something special. They went on a 20-0 run, and obviously we'll hit on that at length when we're hitting on basketball. I did not watch the game live. I caught the um, like the sped-up replay. I don't know how you watch your sports all the time, but I don't always have time, right? So I turned the game on in like, like one-and-a-half speed because I was out last night because I went back to a movie theater for the first time in like 18 months. Wow. Saw Fast and the Furious last night. Fast and the Furious 9. Are you familiar with this? How was it? I tell you what. I've been watching Fast and the Furious for 20 years. Is that not incredible? You're going to look back on your life. Yeah. You're going to be sitting on that mountain Mm -hmm. overlooking the sunset. Correct. And you're going to be like, gee, D. (laughs) I wasted so much time watching Fast and the Furious. It was absolutely not a waste at all. It was um, at or near one of the most incredible, um, like, like euphoric experiences. Because I know, like, the world's spinning again, right? Like, we're returning to normality, and you and I are currently sitting at Bourbon and Boots in downtown Albuquerque, proud sponsor of the program. We're live from here. Doors open at 11 today. Come and check out. They got, like, a, they got like a killer breakfast thing. They're doing, like, Bloody Marys. They got mimosas, uh, live music tonight. We're going to have Rich Baca on to talk about what's going on at Bourbon and Boots. Um, but going back to the movies for the first time in, what did I say, 18 months or whatever, there was a whole thing about it. It was like the most exciting experience that it had been for like me personally in some time. Right. So it had been like, I was excited to smell the popcorn. We did like me and the, the misses, we did like the, the photo booth, like, like pay $5, get the four. Like, um, what's that called um, when it's built? Totem? Like the totem ones? A totem pole of pictures? Do you know what I'm describing? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did like, um, I snuck in garlic salt for my popcorn because you know how I roll. It was. It, That's adorable. Like my shoes were sticky afterwards. Like it, th- it was every little thing that was like not cr- waiting in line, you know, sucks when you're at the movie theater. Did not suck yesterday. So it was, yeah, it was a little like a blast of normality for me. So I was had a lot of fun with it. It was, uh, it was maybe the best movie I've ever seen. I don't know if you're familiar with the Fast and Furious franchise. They started off by 
by robbing semi-trucks for VCRs in the first one, and in the last one, they're in outer space. Okay. So things have really I've seen escalated. one Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. I saw half of the first one. Okay. And half of the second one. Yes. And I'll never watch one ever again. What? <laughs> I'm like a, you know me, I'm like a pinkies out. Yeah. Art house. Like indie movie. Mm-hmm. If there's not subtitles, like I probably am not going to be into it. A couple good exceptions are like Star Wars stuff, uh-huh. Marvel Universe yes. stuff. But besides that. This is on that level. No, it's not. If you're going to see this, see Just it. because they go into space for a minute. Mm-mm. Just because like Vin Diesel and yes. John Cena yeah. oh my God, are yes. on the rocket ship mm-hmm. with Jeff Bezos. And they go and capture Elon Musk Tesla yes. from outer space and bring it back down to Earth. I'm not into that. I can't tell if you actually also saw the movie because you just gave the exact plot line. Is that exactly what they it's did? It's so very close <laughs> <laughs> to Fast and the Furious 9. So, yeah, so anyway, big shout-out to just normality being back. Um, had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, I went with the gal, and I hadn't been on a movie date in too long. You know, So it was a fun little night for me. But, yeah, I caught the – Cut the Bucks game late and um, not much of a game. No, they demolished them. Demo- twenty. They went on a twenty zero run. Somebody must have sent Trey Young a mega cut <sighs> of our disses of his face. Gosh, his face because he was, he seemed shook. He was just awful. He was a little shooketh. Yeah. Did you jump back and forth to the hockey at all last night? Did you watch any of the hockey? You know me. I'm a big hockey guy. One zero all over the hockey. Tampa Bay has become like. The city for ships. Like Tampa ship Bay. City? Yeah, it's Ship City. The, the Bu- Rays are very good. And they well, they didn't win the ship last year, but they went to play for the ship. Yeah. And then the Buccaneers win the ship. Tampa Bay won the ship last year, now returning after beating the Islanders yesterday one zero. By the way, the Islanders, um hey, heads up, there was a game seven last night, New York. Like you sh- you could have brought more than eighteen shots to the game. You could have done literally anything. But they only put 18 of them on net, and in Tampa Bay got a shorty handy. And what are we? You know how it is. I'm sorry, they got a what? A shorty handy. A shorty handy. Yeah. So they get the one. I'm not going to talk about this on air, but that means something (laughs) completely different to me. So they they're able to pull that one out in Game Seven. Um, My favorite thing about hockey playoffs is after Game Seven of like a like a conference finals. What you end up with is a bunch of guys shaving their beards immediately after the games and then going to press conferences. Totally. Love it. And there's nothing better, like, in hockey than, like, nicknames for players. When you get a guy up there and he's like, uh, he's like yeah, man, I just I, – and they're always crying. They're always yeah. crying, right? They're, they're, like, super tough and masculine, but, like, they're in touch with their feelings. Yeah. I think, like, every, like, male actor in the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. Okay, so they're like they're up there and they're like, they're like yeah, man, I just really wanted to win it for Shorzy, you know, and they're just like super upset. It's never about themselves. Excellent Shorzy reference. Thank you, I got you on that one. I thought you were just gonna say that their nickname was like all freshly shaved beard guy. Bounty. Huh. Yeah, they're all <laughs> they're all <laughs> they're all they're all baby thighs over here. <laughs> they sit down and they they just put in front of them like a. Uh, like, do you remember on American Idol when Randy Jackson would drink from a cup that said Pepsi? But it's they're not drinking Pepsi the whole time. They're drinking, like, water or well, something. Paul Abdul was obviously drinking Jack and Coke. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 
just to get back to normal, sure. to get to baseline. Yeah, but uh, keep it level. Yeah, Shorzy is up there for the Lightning, and he's got like a Dollar Shave Club like cup, and he's like, he's, sweet. Yeah, he's like, I just want to talk about Lola Bunny. <laughs> we'll talk about bugs. That's LeBron James, I think. I think talk you're describing the, LeBron James. Talk about the Goon Squad. A lot going on in the NBA. We're going to talk about a lot going on in the NFL specifically. We're going to open our 815 segment talking about Carl Nassib. He's doing um, – he's the first. I mean, he's doing some stuff. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll reference Michael Sam a little bit. Uh, we've got a good program today as far as guests go. Rich Baca will join us. He is the general manager and – that, well, he's just the face of Bourbon and Boots down here yeah. uh, off Central and whatever this intersection it's Central is. Central and Fourth, I believe. And Bourbon and Boots is the hotness. For them to allow us to be here is, is a very kind thing. So they open at 11 today. We're going to talk to him. My very good friend, Kelly Shane. Kelly Shane, um, you may remember because we interviewed Eric Shane however many weeks ago. Sure. Who was the personal chiropractor for Dexter Fowler. Super small world. Kelly is his sister. Huh. And she is the New Mexico State Judging Director for Gymnastics. And she's currently in St. Louis, Missouri, and she is at the Olympic Qualifier for Gymnastics. And she's going to call in and talk to us about what's going on in the world of Olympic Gymnastics because I fall in love with it every four years for four weeks. So now. So now, yes. yes. You're in love with it now. Correct. Yeah. So The I, trials are now. Yes. You see people flipping around. Correct. You think, you think like gymnastics – like, they show their good stuff, or do they save it? Because you got to do really well to qualify and go, but do they, like, show – like, they really show their cards? Yeah, they show – so the women's gymnastics for sure do. But it's, it's kind of very different than some of the other ones because I'll just give you an example. Like, women's snowboarding, the way – because of the way they're weighted. Some, think, like, floor – like, routine or floor exercise um, – for the women, it's weighted in difficulty. Vault is weighted in difficulty. Like, um, like the bars are weighted in difficulty, right? So with, like, snowboarding, for instance, if you go down and just don't fall on the half pipe, you're going to get through every you're single time. you going to get in. Yeah. Now, the people who, like. So I should try is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Because if you even go. I've never snowboarded, by the way. I, well, the if men, I, you would not do it. Like, but with the women, this literally happens. With the women, there'll be women who just go up and down, like not from America because there's enough athletes. But thank you. But like, if you talk like, um, like one of those Eastern European countries, and they'll just, they'll just do like serpentine name, up and down. Name one. Uh, name, name one Eastern European uh, country. Uh, I dare uh, you. Czechoslovakia. That doesn't exist thank anymore. You. So <laughs> as they will go up and down, then they'll just qualify for the Olympics because they didn't fall. That's freaking sweet. Yeah, it's actually not. You should go back and watch some of these things where it's, it's laughable. Well, that's sweet for anyone who just shows up and doesn't fall, and then boom, you're an Olympian. And you get the Ronda Rousey like, like rings tattoo. Yeah. Set it up perfect. We uh, So Kelly Shane's joining us. You have a special guest joining us, too. Yeah. Angelique Paul of the Weld Clothing Company. It's a local startup company. Okay. I'm really excited to talk about her journey. And she's going to be joining us here live at Bourbon & Boots. Live. Sitting here right here with us, drinking whiskey, having some beers. At 9 a.m. At 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. No, we will not be drinking that early. But, uh, yeah, 1030, she'll be here telling us about her clothing company. Very cool. Very excited for that. A local startup right here in Albuquerque. Rich Baca, Kelly Shane, your friend. Angelique Paul. Who I'm excited to meet because I have not yet. And I'm going to put on a jumper. I 
don't know what that means. You're going to find out later. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. We're going to grab a break. Uh, whenever we get back from the break, we're going to jump straight into the Carl Nassib story. Uh, it's it's a big deal to me, so, so we're going to explore that and kind of what it means for not just sports but uh, culture in America. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots because we're on the road yeah. today with Chisholm Trail RV. You cannot connect with us today on the Graphic Connection Hotline because CenturyLink deserves a strongly worded email from me. Get it, Karen. You'll have to only text the program today. No phone calls, text only. Text only. 505-246-0610. I'll pull the texter up during the break. You text me, I'll text you. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Obviously, we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 that we're playing again. We'll identify the varsity next segment. I don't know. We'll figure it Eventually. out. Eventually. Yeah. We don't got to identify it that early. Well, I like to let people know what's coming. Oh, okay. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Your boys are live from Bourbon and Boots downtown, the intersection of Central and Fourth. If you're not familiar, get familiar. We're going to be here till 11 a.m. Doors open at 11. Come and have a little lunchy boy. Come and have a little mimosy boy. Come and have a little, I mean, literally any boy. You could have any boy. It's 11. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have a Bloody Mary at 11.01. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely eating lunch here. How early is too early to come here and two-step? We're busy right now doing the radio show. I'm going to say there's not a too early. But I feel like it's a good time for two-stepping. I'm going to say, I'm going to (laughs) say there's never a time that's too early to two-step when you're down at the bourbon. If you feel it, you just go with it, right? You just do it. Yes. But nobody waltzes. At 9 in the morning. If you start waltzing at 9 in the morning, you and your stupid Eastern European indie flick can get out of here. I don't know, like, what the earliest dance is. Because now I'm literally giving it thought. And I'm like, I don't have the answer. Normally I would. I'll tell you what, Fred. I'll do you a favor. Is it today's varsity, the varsity of dances? Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) I um, Googled morning dance. Okay. And a lot of weird hippie s- stuff popped up. It's got to be like a rain dance but or something, But the number right? one answer is morning dance is the second album by the jazz fusion group Spyro Gyra. Don't, no, no clue what that means. So if that made sense to anyone else out there, go crazy. Sounds like a, uh, like a main character from like a PlayStation game. I don't think there's a dance that exists in the morning. So, sorry, humans, you're not supposed to dance first thing in the morning. I'm about to tell you who I hate. Okay. okay. Please tell me. I've it's hated- not Spyro Gyra. No, no, no. I'm not familiar with the work. Watch out <laughs> Spotify. I'm going to become their first subscriber. Are you a jazz fusion guy? You don't seem like one. I so you can't just put the f- word fusion after anything and then call that a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's obviously what jumps to mind is Asian fusion. Yeah. Like what is what is that? That's still just Asian food. I mean, we're about to talk about Carl Nassib. Yeah. So there's a lot of homophobic fusion going on right there's now. There's not. There's not at all, though. Because, <laughs> like, there's 
There's a couple examples of of people being dumb. Did Russell Brand just walk by when you're, Bourbon and Boots? When you're downtown, it's a different view than the studio. <laughs> yes. There's a lot going on There's outside. There's a lot going on. Because where we're sitting down here at Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of Central and Fourth, we're at like 70% windows around us, and we can take in like the surrounding of early morning Saturday a.m. Albuquerque downtown. Yeah. Are people waking up? Or are they going to bed? I'm not sure it's, by the way they're dressed. Here's what I do know. It's gosh darn weird out here. Yeah, and I love it. And I don't know if you have to pay the meter right now. I'm not sure. Oh, that's an excellent question. Didn't even do, think do you need me to go pay your meter real no, quick? No, I'll pay it in a minute. Okay. The the thing about downtown being a Bourbon and Boots is, is when I parked the car this morning to start like setting up the remote, because the remote doesn't just set itself up, right? Whenever I start setting it up, there was um, – Two, there was two what I would call walks of shame that I witnessed. Okay. Yeah, and that was good. It was like this is how this morning should start. Sweet. Yeah, like the world is back to normal. Like people are are figuring it out. Or I mean, not their lives, but the current situation. Right. I have a blood feud. Okay. Okay. Let me hear it. It's with a person that doesn't know I exist. I have a blood feud with Jason Whitlock. Are you familiar with Jason Whitlock? I am. How, when did when were you first introduced to Jason Whitlock? Uh, I think ESPN forced him upon me. That is that is very correct. Yeah. So uh, Jason Whitlock is a columnist, I guess. A columnist, sure. I, except commentator, he, maybe. He doesn't report. He only gives opinion. So yeah. I don't know. He's an op edist. Yes. Okay. So he's an op edist, and he writes now for that. Like sounds like a. Like mental problems. Well, when you write for theblaze.com. So are hey, you, you, you be patient with that Whitlock guy. He's an op-edist. You're like an apologist for op-edists. <laughs> so, uh, so Jason Whitlock now writes for theblaze.com. I don't know how familiar you are with theblaze.com, but it is the worst. Okay. It is the worst website possibly on the internet. Um, it, are you familiar with Jezebel.com? Jezebel? Yeah, you're not. No. So Jezebel is like... Super woke, super left-leaning, like everything is offensive. It's the worst website on the internet. The Blaze is super conservative, super right-leaning. Everything on the internet is offensive. Okay. Okay. So. We're in the middle. Oh, I'm insanely in the middle. Yeah. Um, We're neither of those. No, I hate both of these things. Yeah. So he writes now for theblaze.com because no credible uh, source will have him. There's not a CBS, Fox, ESPN, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated. I could keep going. That would be willing to put Jason Whitlock on anything because he is literally terrible. So he writes this article for The Blaze uh, after Carl Nassib comes out, um, who, who, I guess, it was it Monday? Monday he comes out and he says, hey, I'm literally coming out. Like He says, I am, I am a, a, a gay man playing professional football. Um, this is uh, very similar to Michael Sam several years ago, uh, who then played for the St. Louis Rams, who I lived in St. Louis during that time. And I worked in sports talk radio, and it was not received well. I'll be real honest with you. There was a lot of pushback. And I didn't see that with Carl Nassib. With Carl Nassib, I only saw support and acceptance and understanding and people talking about um, all the words that are associated with like, like heroic behavior. Until I didn't. Um, I started down this path with Jason Whitlock, and he says, quote, gay NFL player Carl Nassib sparks 
penis envy and nothing more. That's the title of the article. That's the title of the article. Um, he says that um, Nassib looks more like Colin Kaepernick in a derogative way, he's saying it, as opposed to Jackie Robinson, which is what he's striving for. He's saying he's using it as a beacon for attention. He's saying he's using it to better his brand. He's saying he's using it as a way to exploit his sexual preference for, I guess, financial gain. For some reason, Jason Whitlock hates that Carl Nassib is a homosexual man. First off, yeah. Carl Nassib is 6'7 and 285 pounds. Correct. So watch your mouth. <laughs> he will demolish you. He will, he's a professional athlete, 6'7", 285 pounds. Sound financial investor. Watch what you say. Oh, that's a nice uh, little reference. Yeah, I got you. Snuck that one in. What's that show called? HBO? Hard, hard knocks. knocks. Hard Knocks. Nice Hard Knocks callback. When he played for the Browns. Carl Nassib literally said, I'm not doing this for attention, but I'm compelled to finally speak mm-hmm. my truth and tell you that. He didn't sign any sponsorships. He doesn't have any new deals. He's not having a documentary made about him. He had to come out and say this as a gay man, came out and just said it, and then poof, it's over. But no, the media and people like Jason Whitlock ran with it and twisted twisted it in the way that they're, what they're doing is exactly what they're accusing him of. Yeah. He's trying to steal that heat. He's trying to get that fame and fortune off of some other person's announcement. And it's, it hurts my feelings the, for this guy. The thing that drives me crazy about it is for a guy like Carl Nassib who steps out and, like, to be fair. To be fair. Uh, the NFL culture is not as barbaric as it once was. For sure. Right? It's, not, it's not NASCAR. You know, it's not these things where – uh, if you're different than me, I hate you. It's not that anymore. Um, with that said, some of it is. Like, there's part of a fan base out there that, like, Raider, there's a Raiders fan currently that's like, I, I now choose to hate the Raiders. The same way that whenever Amy Trask was made GM years ago, they were like, I now choose to hate the Raiders. Like, people are just filled with hate or going to hate. And Jason Whitlock is apparently one of those people. Because he says Carl Nassib uh, is doing this so he can rise up the depth chart and he can uh, get more, like, clout and leverage with his advertising agency, or excuse me, his um, talent agency. And he just, he runs this list of, like, like other stipulations on why I'll do better. And the idea is, like, that's not the goal. That's not the intent. And he came out and stated that that wasn't his intent right. whatsoever. He refers to... LGBTQIA, which is now like the official term, plus as the alphabet mafia. He puts an entire like sector of people to shame over the idea that they now have an NFL player as an example of, of them, their people. He if, hates if, an entire group of people. If there's one thing that he's right about is the alphabet mafia 
Because I wish there was just be like one term that you can use right. forever. Because the acronym like changes every couple weeks and it upsets me and I don't know how to support my friends in queer culture because the name keeps changing. So maybe that's the only thing he's correct about. But everything else he said about Carl Nassib, and I, I understand we're on radio, so I can't say what I really want to say about this right. guy. But F that dude. Like, why, why would you just out and just disagree and out a whole community for one person speaking his truth? It makes no sense. It serves no purpose whatsoever except for the fact that you're doing what you accuse Carl Nassib of doing. You're trying to exploit this event for personal gain. Yeah. And we got to grab a break, so I want to come back to this when we get back. But to me, it's asinine to think that an individual who is really kind of putting it all on the line, who's like risking it all for like their personal ideas, beliefs, their core values, their character, a person who's willing to do that would not need to be attacked. This is the same thing I have for like Tim Tebow. Like no one should attack Tim Tebow. No one should attack Colin Kaepernick. No one should. These are, and these are all shoulds. Shoulds are super ineffective. Sure. But it's the idea that like you're allowed to be the person you want to be. Period. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Uh, the texture is open. The phone line is not 505-246-0610. Connect with the program. We're going to grab a break. When we get back, we're going to bring more, uh, more NFL talk from live from Bourbon and Boots. It's ABQ Central. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, powered by Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. And we're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, we're live from Bourbon and Boots in the intersection of Central and Fourth. If you haven't come down since the world started spinning again, I would suggest to you that you do. Live music tonight, two live bands tomorrow, Van. So they got an Stoked. afternoon livey boy, and then they got into uh, like an evening livey boy. Doing dancing throughout the week, doing drinks on the weekend. Also, eat the food. There's a kids menu. I just learned there's a kids menu. Ooh. At the Bourbon and Boots. I'm going to order off the kids menu. Yes. I'm tall, but I'm skinny. I could pass as a kid. You, Except for the beard and mustache, besides that. You will eat chicken fingers from basically anywhere. You're talking about star TV and radio. <laughs> Back-to-back New Mexico Sportscaster of the Year, KOB TV's own Brandon Ortega. Ah, you are vegetarian. You're He's correct. a chicken finger every day guy. Every day, all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is oh, so funny. Oh, we just got handed the menu. So Here the we menu go. has been brought to us. Um, all right, so it looks to me like you can easily hear – Feed a family of four for, like, 40 bucks. Like, this looks to be, like, the deal. I'm in. I'm yeah, super I'm in stoked. On that. That's, and you're gonna Here's get the drink. thing, Fred. What's the I'm thing? I'm really man? excited to try the food today. Yes. Because all I've tried when I've come down to Bourbon and Boots. The drinks. Is the liquor and yes. the dancing. Because <laughs> I love me some two-stepping, brother. Check out Bourbon and Boots. Uh, give a mention that you uh, heard about it on the program, and we'd be real appreciative of that. Also, text us, 505-246-0610. Let's call the text line the graphic connection text line today. We'll do that. Because the phone lines are down. I'm sending a strongly worded email to CenturyLink. Here's what I'm telling you, Van. And we're always bombarded by phone calls. We kind of get a lot of phone calls. We have to filter them out. We often filter them out. That we is make correct. super producer Mike Vital work very hard. He works. Yeah. It's like, okay, we, we'll, one out of every four phone calls. You've got to filter these guys. Mm-hmm. Only put on the good ones. 
So he does only put on the good ones. Historically, yes. Yes, that's how I feel. We've had a couple misses. It's like being a bartender. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is like being a bartender. You got and you got to cut them off early too. Yes, I, I. So we have a dump button for phone calls in the studio when we're in the studio. We don't utilize that. We trust Vital. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's. I always am like WWMVD. Like what would Mike Vital do? By the way, that's my uh, new nickname for your BH. The dump button. I, nope, don't like that. Don't like that. It's too, it's too early for don't this. Don't like that at all. I, I should have saved that for the 10 o'clock yeah, hour. Yeah, that was not for me. <laughs> the number one selling jersey in the NFL is? Carl Nassib. Four days in a row. The support is there. I'm telling you, the masses are in support of this. Hand over the crown, Tim Tebow. Carl yeah. Nassib is in town. Two different audiences buying these jerseys. Yes. And two insanely different audiences. And now they're going to celebrity yeah. deathmatch-esque fight to the death. Well, and I'll tell you what, because both these dudes are smart. What is going to end up happening is Carl Nassib and Tim Tebow are going to end up in the same place together. They're going to shake hands together. Yeah. They're, they're going to take pictures together. They're going to – the idea is, like, bring them all – the people, the masses, the fans, bring them all together. Sure. Because right now it's a filled – What's the problem with just being nice? It doesn't <clears throat> align with some people's core values, man. And I'm saying, like, no one, I have not found any ways to a measurable level, anyone being like, forget Carl Nassib because he's a gay man. I don't hear anyone saying that. <clears throat> what I do hear people saying is, like, a tweak of that, which is like, forget Carl Nassib. He's just trying to exploit being a gay man. And it's like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. The Raiders already gave him 25 mil, 18 mil guaranteed. What is he going to use this for? Like, what is the advantage? I guess jersey sales? Yeah. He, what? Okay, so if, if you got a quirky haircut. Sure. And you sell more jerseys. Trey Young. Or you get, uh, yeah, you got a weird haircut and satellite ears and you look like you robbed a 7-Eleven and got away with it and because you, you're under 18. If you were to sit in the I. basket. Trey Young. <laughs> if you were to sit in the basket of a bicycle and have someone ride you from behind with a red hoodie, and you will look just like E.T., then you're Trey Young. Yes. Yes. And if you use that to your advantage and you get a new endorsement deal, everyone pats your back and mm-hmm. says, go crazy. Yeah. But if you come out as a gay man and then you – and he hasn't even got a new endorsement deal. He hasn't done anything. No. He just wants to speak his own personal truth, and people are like, oh, you're just doing this for money. He has made zero dollars off of this. If, if, you, if you NFL fan, if you sports fan, if you Jason Whitlock, who I have words for you that I can't use on AM, FM radio, if you were like, hey, Carl Nassib, you're only doing this because it's going to better your career, let me tell you about Michael Sam. Michael Sam never got off the practice squad. I was on the radio in St. Louis when Michael Sam was on the practice squad. It's, it doesn't work that way. The NFL doesn't care what color you are. They don't care who you sleep with. They don't care what your vaccination stance is. They don't care about anything except if you can, get, if you can make plays. This does not help better your career. Yeah, Carl Nassib had a down year last year, but he had six and six and a half sacks in 18 and 19, respectively. He deserves to be on an NFL roster. He's not doing this so he doesn't lose his job. He's not doing this for money. He's speaking his personal truth. You should support him. He's a nice guy. And if you saw Hard Knocks, he used his platform 
and his experience to help educate his teammates on financial literacy. Mm -hmm. He is a legit nice guy. He helps his community. He's always involved in charities. Good for him. Support him. Be a good person. This is not a reason to stick your neck out right. and be like, oh, you're just doing this for clout, buddy. He's not. Grow Rip. up. Is he Jackie Robinson-esque? Uh, diet. Yeah. Yeah. To a lesser degree. Because it was so unacceptable at that time with Jackie Robinson. And, and now it's, it's very acceptable. Right. I would, I would attune this more to like a um, – what's the name of the kid that played for Seattle and Cleveland that loves smoking weed? Uh, you talking about Flash Gordon? Yeah. Josh Gordon? So Josh Gordon to me is a similar thing. Where Josh Gordon – or Ricky Williams. Let's use Ricky Williams. So okay. Ricky Williams is a really good example. To where when Ricky Williams was like, listen, I love football. I more so love weed. Yeah. That to me is similar to this. Because loving weed is acceptable. But it's not. It is. It's perfectly fine. Everyone accepts it as a cool thing. But they don't. Not everywhere universally. Yeah. The majority of Americans and the majority of the world are like, so what? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yes. Yeah. Ricky Williams weed is Carl Nassib's sexual preference. That's how I feel. Grow up. Yeah. Not a big deal. I agree. Whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to choose next to rail against? Carl Nassib really likes playing with toy trains during the holidays. Oh, my God. He came out and said he was playing with toy trains every holiday. Let's out this guy as a model train yeah. enthusiast. Are you into dioramas, bro? Yeah. No. Back out. Tony Storm, who you're not familiar with, she's a WWE superstar. Okay. She came out one day after Carl Nassib and said, I'm, like, inspired, y'all. Heads up, bisexual. Like, this is like, now the gate's open. This is exactly, like, the intent of this thing. And I know you don't know Tony Storm, and that's fine. That's fine. But, like, she's known in a lot of circles. Like, she's known in pro wrestling fan circle. I'm currently sitting here wearing a pro wrestling T-shirt. Just about to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and does Tony Storm come out and say, hey, heads up, like, like my Tinder goes both ways. Like, does she say that if she doesn't have, like, that door literally blown open by Carl Nassib? I think there was a lot more Google searches for Tony Storm than Carl Nassib mm -hmm. when their stories came out. I agree. Because of reasons. Yeah. She's a very talented wrestler. Very talented. Is that why? She, yeah. She, um, <laughs> she does it well in the ring. Huh. But, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's the point I'm trying to get to is like – when you are in a position to do something and you don't do it out of fear of repercussion, out of, well, I guess really any sort of pushback, like against your core values, I don't want to use the word cowardice because like I understand calculation and I understand like risk and I understand ROI. I get all that kind of stuff. But it is the opposite of cowardice to go as Carl Nassib did this past week, to go as Tony Storm did this past week, to, to say, I am not of the majority. I am not of the norm. I am not of the conformity. I, am, I stand unique. And I, I don't know how you, what your stance is on this, man. I have a pretty good idea. But like, as far as sexuality goes, like, that's not a choice, in my opinion. 
Like in my opinion, like I like I have a beautiful girlfriend, right? I'm attracted to her because I'm attracted to ladies. Like I I can't change. I I think you're an outstanding person. I have so much love for you. I'm not physically attracted to you. Cannot change that hardwire. If I was though, watch out. Okay, it's it's like you can't even have a moment with you. <laughs> I'm like top shelf at ruining moments in between us. Not just like, us. I, so I I grew up in Houston, Texas, and. If, if you know anything about the South, you know it's a wildly different place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is a parallel to race to me. So luckily, I grew up with wonderful parents who were open-minded right. and, and raised me in a way where I saw everyone as an equal. And all of my friends and the people that I grew up with were not the same. They right. did not have that same mindset. Right. They saw people of color as inferior and different And luckily, I did not see things that way. I'm very fortunate to be like that. So I don't know if it's a experiential thing or an education thing or whatever it is to you who are upset by other people's sexuality. But I think us as a society are slowly evolving past that. And hopefully Carl Nassib can help us evolve past that. In my opinion, hate is learnt. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Outside of spiders and snakes. And NHL. Let's do a segment on that. <laughs> I have some hot takes on spiders and snakes. I hate spiders is that and a, snakes. Is that a haiku? We're... I have a hot take on spiders and snakes. Nope, close. Live from Bourbon and Boots. We're having a lot of fun this morning. Uh, whenever we get back from the break, we're going to break down the NFL COVID-19. If you choose to sit out, you might be smarter than the game Aaron Rodgers. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're playing you know, the I-9 Sports. We're having a drink. We're doing it downtown at the aforementioned Bourbon and Boots. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, live from Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of Central and Fourth, and we're downtown. Talking NFL. Here's the headline, Van. You ready? Hit me. NFL players who voluntarily opt out of 2021 season due to COVID-19 concerns will not receive stipends. Okay? So that means... That means grow up and get a vaccine and go play some football. It's not wrong. Um, (laughs) NFL players must decide by July 2nd if they plan to opt out of playing this season due to COVID-19 concerns. Though players who voluntarily opt out will not be paid any stipend this year. Okay? So you can opt out if you're not comfortable, if you don't want to. The NFL and the NFLPA said, cool. Here's the catch. We're not going to pay you. Decisions on your shoulders. For like 90, 95% of the league, you are fringe. Like 90, 95% of the league, you're just going to be replaced. You might not even get a chance to come back because you know the culture in the NFL. Welcome to the XFL. Yeah. Yeah. USFL. Uh Uh-huh. AFL. Whatever, however many they got now. Did Trump buy a team? I think the USFL is back. Yeah. Next year. So, to qualify as high-risk, a player must have opted out last season, okay, have an effective contract, or have been diagnosed with a CDC-defined 
higher risk condition. Okay. Okay. Rookie's not eligible unless they have comorbidity. Okay. So the contract for any player who opts out will then get extended to 2022. Does that make sense? Sure. So if you opt out for 2021, your contract picks back up in 2022. Mm -hmm. Cool. But I guess there's like some exceptions. Because like the NFL and the players union, they also agree that fully vaccinated players who have a like a per game roster bonus are eligible to receive bonuses even if they miss a game because of a COVID-19. They like they're not going to. They wouldn't get those bonuses either or whatever. So the part that's confusing to me is, like, if you have, like, the cachet to not play and you have the vaccine, are you then just choosing to not play football? Question mark? Not terribly sure who this applies to outside of two people. Give them to me. Number one, Cole Beasley. Okay who's an anti-vaxxer yes. and quite proud of it. He's in a very small group of people who are of that mindset. And talk of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Because if Aaron Rodgers choose, chooses to sit out and opt out, he's going to save about $20.5 million. What do you mean save? Let me tell you. So... If Aaron Rodgers chooses to opt out and not hold out, which he's threatened to do. Sure. So he gets if he if he opts out of the season, he gets to keep his eleven and a half million an unearned signing bonus and his six point eight million roster bonus, and he's not gonna be fined two million dollars for skipping training camp. And that comes together to equal $20.8 million. I didn't get it until you just explained it. So he's still going to be under contract for one more year because it pushes your contract one year, right? Yes. But he gets to keep the $20 million that he would have lost otherwise, and he gets to stick up a giant middle finger to the Packers organization and say, hey, I was super serious about this, and here's why. And they're not going to move him. Why would you? Because you have Jordan Love, the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Oh, here we go. The third greatest quarter, the fourth greatest quarterback in the NFL is Jordan Love. That's correct. Okay. The the best quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Okay, number two, Jared Lorenzen. No, 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 he's dead. We've had this talk. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, number one. Okay. Taysom Tim, Hill, number two. Tim Tebow, three. Tim Tebow, three, Jameis Winston, four, then Jordan Love. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is like 13, 14. If he's lucky. Somewhere in the middle of the pack. If he's lucky. You think Aaron Rodgers is a very pedestrian, average quarterback? Journeyman, really. Yeah. Yeah. You plug and play anywhere. He's right below Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because the Packers organization is so good, it can make anybody look good. There's someone so good in Aaron Rodgers' management to say – You'll make more money if you don't play. So your, your thoughts are <laughs> that the Packers organization is so superior, they take losers like Aaron Rodgers, 
and Brett Favre. Those are the only two. And Bart Starr. Never heard of him. And turned them into superstars because the organization is so sound and so supportive. They could take anyone off the street and turn them into a Hall of Fame quarterback is what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Well, that's what you're saying. But also Jordan. It's not what I'm saying. Jordan Love has a, the pedigree. He's the next one. Yeah. Yeah. The pedigree being being drafted by the Packers and being a quarterback. Yeah. Oh, okay. Doug Peterson didn't get a chance to become the greatest quarterback in the history of the Packers, so he just wanted to become the greatest coach of all time. They kept Don Majowski on a very short leash. He was best friends with Brett Favre. Huh. He don't, is, I don't know if that's true. Okay. <laughs> I d- hey, that's a very good point because when uh, Matt Flynn, remember Matt Flynn? Yes. He played two games. In one of those games, Seattle he, set, Seahawks. he set the Packers touchdown <laughs> record and parlayed that in a huge contract got PAID paid, and then got benched for Russell Wilson. So anybody who puts on a Packers uniform and plays quarterback is going to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. I like that Aaron Rodgers is savvy enough to take advantage of COVID-19. Sweet. Yeah. Are you talking about hedge fund managers? Are you talking about, sh- like, short sailing? Is yeah. that what we're, talking- we're uh-huh. about to get into that? The- Are you talking about billionaires manipulating the economy through people's struggles? He's only a millionaire. And a million bucks goes a lot further in Green Bay than it does in most places. Yes. He could buy Green Bay. Vital, what's, like, rent cost in Green Bay? Like, you're a Wisconsinian. What's, like, what's my apartment cost in Green Bay? 500 bucks? They'll give yeah, you no, I'd say about there. I'd say seven hundred now. It's gotten expensive bucks. up there. Oh, never used to be because of Aaron Rodgers' contract. I'd say exactly I'd say you're yeah. getting about seven eight hundred up there. Because Jordan Love came to town and everyone wants to be there now. No. So outside of downtown Milwaukee and Green Bay, Madison, it's like Alaska. Like they pay you to live there, right? No, that's not correct. Is that not correct? That's not correct. That sounds all. correct when I say it out loud. I'm pretty sure it's correct. It's not correct. Really? I think it's. I think only recently did Wisconsin become a state where there were more people than cows. Like, very recently. They finally got off the list. Yeah. Okay. Because that's like, I think it's like half the states have more cows than people or whatever. And Wisconsin only very recently hit that plateau. That makes sense. They got a lot of people. They have a lot of cows. Yes. Like, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people. All the states with more cows than people don't have a lot of people. That's correct. Wisconsin has a lot of people. Behind the scenes, they also have a lot of cheese. Behind the scenes, we're efforting Kelly Shane either for right now after the break or nine thirty, depending on technology. We'll figure it out. We're figuring it out. When we get back, maybe Kelly Shane. Maybe we're talking gymnastics. If not, basketball talk. Sweet. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ. No, we're not. We're live from Bourbon and Boots because yeah, we're on we the are. road with Chisholm Trail RV, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're playing it with I 9 Sports, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Your boys are live from Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of Central and Fourth. We're having a lot of fun with it today. The phone lines are down, but you can text the program, 505-246-0610. But we do have a special guest, and I tell you what, the amount of effort we put into making this happen is impressive. 
It's yes. an impressive amount of effort. Because Kelly Shane is the New Mexico State Judging Director um, for the New Mexico State Board of Judges for, like, gymnastics here in the state, right? So Kelly is the one who, like, like says, you are a good gymnast, uh, here's your score. And she's actually live from St. Louis, Missouri at the U.S. Olympic Women's Trials. Kelly, can you hear us? Are you with us? Yes, I can hear you guys. I'm with you. Lovely. We are so very excited to have you on because once every four years, I become obsessed with women's gymnastics, specifically Olympic gymnastics. Can you kind of give a rundown of what the event is, how the trials work, and talk about uh, maybe like some up-and-coming names we expect to see on this Olympic team? Oh, okay. Well, the first night of the women's trials was last night, um, which I attended, and it was awesome. You could, like, feel the excitement in the arena. Um, the crowd did the wave. Um, I don't know. One of my favorite parts is that you don't get to see on TV is you get to watch the girls warm up. Um, is being a gymnast myself, you can, I don't know, it just has a little bit more of a passion to it, and you see what it's about. Um, Michaela Skinner did a fabulous beam routine last night. Um, Simone Biles was amazing, and to see her in person um, was incredible. So we'll be seeing what's going to happen on day two. And um, to my understanding, they take the top four, and then they have alternates. Um, the picking of it is by the technical and the Olympic committee. So I'm not sure how they decide all of that, but they pick the best girls that they think are gonna represent the US the best at the Olympics, so. Before we get into the trials and the Olympics, can we rewind a little bit? And wh where oh, does sure. your passion for gymnastics come from? And tell us a little about uh, your, your, your humble beginnings in gymnastics. Oh, okay. Um, well, I started doing gymnastics when I was um, just about five years old. I attended a ballet class and I couldn't hold still. I kept flipping on the bar, so they pulled my parents aside and told them they should probably put me in a gymnastics class. And they put me in a gymnastics class and that was, I never went back. I did it all the way through high school. Um, I attended the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater and competed there successfully. Um, I was nationally ranked and then I finished that up and started coaching. Um, when I was coaching, I then started judging and then I coached and judged and then real life kind of got in the way a little. I just started judging and I've been judging since then and about four years ago, I was voted on by my judging peers to be the state judging director. Um, I also have a voted on position on the New Mexico um, State Board, where I represent the judges and hopefully they feel heard and we can get them what they need for the meets. So pretty involved. How prominent is gymnastics in New Mexico? How many athletes do you say your committee judges a year? And what athletes of significance maybe rise from New Mexico to national spotlight? Okay, so um, we have, I don't know the exact number, but one of our 
largest meets is the Dream Catcher. It's hosted by High Flyers in Los Alamos, and they put it on at the Santa Fe Convention Center. And before COVID, they had over 750 gymnasts attend that, and we had them from New Mexico, Colorado, and Texas, and it was levels two through 10. Two is the very starting level, and 10 is the highest you can go, and then you test for elite, and then as I like to say, then you can become a TV girl. And then we also have an Excel program which started up, I don't know, maybe about eight years ago, and that is Excel Bronze, Silver, Gold, and Platinum. So everyone knows Simone Biles. Yes. She's one of the greatest gymnasts and Olympians and American and Olympic history, but who else does everyone else need to look out for this year? Who's the up-and-comer? Who's like, you have to watch this? Who's besides Simone Biles, who's the must-see oh, TV? There's too many to choose from. They all have like different things that you look for. And I don't know. <laughs> That's a really tough question. From, from the texter, Kelly, uh, Suni Lee's uneven bar routine last night was unbelievable. Oh yeah, with Is her release after release after release, like that gets her so many bonus points that that sets her above everyone else. Would you say it's best to do like a safe routine that you know you won't fail at to receive a higher score? Or is it best to go with that super high difficulty and perhaps a fail doesn't hurt you as much? Like which approach would you suggest get you to like that fourth spot on this Olympic team? Um, so if I were to put on my coaching hat, I would want the gymnast to feel the most confident and comfortable. So depending on her temperament, I would have her go for it if I know she's going to deliver. Or if not, then I would play it safe and go for the clean and hope that it scores just as well as the other routines. And I don't know, gymnastics can sometimes be cut throat. So if a girl ahead of me makes a mistake, it's my benefit. <laughs> Let's, let's look at the day and the life of a gymnast because you're such an elite level athlete and you make so many sacrifices. What's the day-to-day -day look like for a gymnast leading up to the trials and leading up to the Olympics? What does it really take to be a gymnast? Oh, it's their full-time job. They're most likely not attending school. Um, they're either being homeschooled or sometimes some of the gyms will have um, homeschooling programs where the girls will have a morning workout for two to three hours. They'll do school for a few hours. Then they will work out again and then possibly like an evening workout of like stretching, flexibility, conditioning. So, I mean, that's their life. It's what they live and breathe. The greatest sports story in the history of the world is Game 6 of the 2011 World Series when Here David Freeze single-handedly propelled the St. Louis Cardinals over the hated Texas Rangers uh, in an effort to win Game 6, then on to Game 7, become World Series champion. The greatest sports moment in U.S. history is Kerry Strug hitting the vault in the 1996 Olympics for the Magnificent Seven. Kelly, why is Kerry Strug the greatest Olympian of all time? <laughs> because that was the score they needed 
to put them ahead. She came through. She didn't buckle under the pressure. She did what needed to be done. Whenever you are in a position like that, because that Magnificent Seven team from 96, um, which was like Shannon Miller and Dominique Mochianu and Dominique Oh, yeah, that's Dawes one of my and, favorites. <laughs> yeah, and, and everyone has a different favorite, right? Because like, yes. as I sit here, Van will be like, I'm a big Amanda Borden fan. I'm like, yes, I respect that. But talk to me about Amy Chow only. Oh, yes. Her bars were amazing. <laughs> so, so, as we, I, so as we break those things down, how do you identify, like, which athletes are the ones that's going to be able to handle the pressure? Because Carrie Strug, like, unarguably was not what Shannon Miller was, was not what Dominique Dawes was. But she was the one in that moment that could handle that. Is there, like, a mentally tough athlete on this Olympic trials that could maybe have that moment that Carrie Strug had what is now 25 years ago? Oh, I'm sure there probably is. They're all mentally tough or else they wouldn't be where they're at. Who's like got hotter their... bars, Simone Biles or Kendrick Lamar? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Simone's got more height, but Kendrick, she's, she has a different flair to it. Kelly Shane is joining us, and Kelly Shane is in St. Louis, Missouri at the U.S. Olympic Trials um, for Gymnastics. And you're there because you're at the annual state judge and directors meeting, um, which, like, runs alongside, like, the trials. So is it you just sitting in a group of, like, the most knowledgeable minds of gymnastics, watching the best gymnasts in the world, qualifying for the best event in the world? Like, what kind of nirvana is this for you? Oh, it's it's very cool and it's an honor to be here um we when i'm not in a meeting with the other um state judging directors which are in our region so that's oklahoma texas colorado arkansas wyoming um, then we are attending lectures where we're receiving information from like, I don't know, the higher bees, the ones that help develop the routines and make the rules and go over all the technical stuff. So um, yesterday, one of the lectures I attended, we have new compulsory routines and they had a girl do the routine. We watched it and then we watched it in slow motion and two of our brave judges, they sat there and they told us, I'd take this for this reason, I'd take this here, I'd take this here. Her arm was in this position wrong, and they walk you through on what to train your eye to look for. So when you go back home and you're judging the kids in your state, you have been trained on what I need to look for, what are the focuses. What, what's the buffet look like? What's, what's the catering look like backstage at the Olympic trials? Is it all like unseasoned chicken breast and broccoli or are there any good snacks laying around i don't know um because of covid they don't really have that out usually if they do it's um fruits or granola granola bars so i have one final question before we let you go kelly and thank you so very much for your time today who are the top four and who are the alternates on this team who's going to make it oh I don't know. <laughs> That's a really Biles, tough question. Biles um, she'll, and Lee. Defi- she'll definitely have one of the spots. Um, I hope Skinner gets on. Um, she was kind of in one of those bubble years of she was almost there but wasn't quite. Um, let's see. Sunny's pretty good, too. She's got, I don't know, she has something different about her, a d- pretty line. 
It, see, it seems like after Biles, it's it's anybody's game to make it. Well, it is. Well, and I, last night, they all traded positions. It was she hit, she didn't, she did. Childs, I think, is a, is a shoe in too. But once you start to get outside of there, all these like competitors are separated by less than a point overall. You know, yes. for like Skinner to miss out when it's like McCollum beats her by like like five tenths. Mm-hmm. It's like this is incredible. It might even have been five hundredths. Like it's the scoring is so tight and the competition is so top shelf to where I'm going to lose myself in it for the for the Olympics for the next what several several weeks. So, I don't know, exciting little moment for me. Kelly, thank you so very much for joining us on the program. Any any final thing we should look for when watching this women's U.S. Olympic team? Oh, no. The second night, I think, is going to be more exciting because they're going to, like as you were talking about, are they going to bring their tougher routine or add something else, or are they going to play it safe depending on where their rankings are or where they're thinking they can help the Olympic team out. So it should be just as exciting. State Judging Director for Gymnastics, Kelly Shane, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. What a good friend of the show. What a good job. I know you have a passion for gymnastics. I love it. I, and it's because of that 96 team. That's whenever I fell in love with it because I was in, like, sixth grade. And I was like, I'm going to grow up and marry Dominique Mochianu. Like, I said that to, like, multiple people. And then the, the police were like, stop saying that. The way you're saying it, it's very aggressive. It's very unnecessary. You just got off that list, like, two years ago. Yes. Don't get back on it. And when you're, I think the age was different then when I was a kid, too, because I think, like, Olympians could be, like, 14. And I was, like, 13. And I'm yeah. like – I'm like, oh, my God, I'm super in love. I want to hold your hand and buy you ice cream. Yeah, I want to dance too close with you to an all-for-one song. No, no, no. We'll put a balloon in between you. Leave room for Jesus (laughs) as they slide a Bible between you at the dare dance. I do. I love women's gymnastics. Um, I don't know. It it captivates me. The, The swimming gets me, too. Okay. Like, swimming gets me during the summer games. Basketball used to. It doesn't anymore. Because it's too good. But there's some up and comers Spain, in Europe. Yeah, Spain watch might out. do it this year. Uh, hey, before we go to break, because we got to go to break. Whenever we came in this morning, uh, we sat down to set up the remote and do everything. The only people in Bourbon and Boots with us was like the cleaning service. Okay, and that's Q Maids. Excuse me, the Q Maids service. They have um, I don't know. They have like like a cleaning business here in town, obviously. And the guys we interacted with were just insane. Nice. Sure. Yeah, they were they like open they were inviting. I was like I was like, hey, is it weird if I use the women's restroom? And the guy was like, Yes, that's weird. Use the regular restroom, you weirdo. <laughs> and I was like, these are one of my people. These are one of my people. So anyways, the Q maids, I just wanted to give mention to them because I thought they were about the, the nicest couple guys that you could have seen on a Saturday morning. Welcome Super us. sweet. Yeah, well uh, so for more information on them, five oh five nine hundred fourteen thirty one. Uh the Q maids service. Uh well they're good enough for bourbon and boots. So the, uh, it must be top shelf. Yeah, I gotta be good enough. There's a top shelf establishment. This, I, we're the only people in here right now. We have free reign. For you, this is a very Spe- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory moment. Yeah. Speaking of top shelf, I'm looking at that top shelf bourbon. There we go. Across the room there, <laughs> and it is very enticing. We're past the break, so we're taking it. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots because we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. Except it's text only today because CenturyLink, they dead. They dead to us. Watch su- you. Careful with your words. Super dead. 
Yeah, because the internet goes out. <laughs> um, we're playing here with the I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, big thank you to Kelly Shane. Talking women's gymnastics, not your normal sports talk. You know what? It's my show, and I'm obsessed with it. It is an absolute beautiful sport. I think you can plug and play Simone Biles in almost any sport. Although gymnasts get a middle linebacker, yeah, gymnasts get injured a lot. She could be a center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. She could post up Yao Ming. Yeah, just trip him. So I have met Simone Biles. Have I told you this? I don't think so. So it would have been 2017. I was broadcasting from the Super Bowl in Houston. Okay. Okay. So I'm broadcasting from the Super Bowl in Houston, and there's like a media like mixer thing or whatever where it's like um, you you meet all the players, right? So the Patriots are in that Super Bowl, and they're playing uh, Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta. Okay. okay? So this is the one in Houston. And we're, we're at this, like, big mixer thing or whatever, and Simone Biles is there. And I'm, like, the tallest media guy that's not an ex-professional athlete, right? I've never lost you in a crowd. No. So Simone Biles finds me. Like, she, and she's got handlers, obviously. Yeah. And then we take a photo together. And I think I have it on my phone. If I do, I'll put it on social media. Except I can't put it on social media because I'm currently blocked on social media for breaking terms and service, which I totally forgot to tell you about. Hit me with it. We're sitting right oh here gosh. right now. The, the shortest version of this story is... I'm going to take a bite of this Last muffin. night, I, do, I go on this little rant about how you shouldn't eat salad without croutons on social media because that's barbaric. Uh-huh. And then someone told me that you can like make your own croutons out of baking bread. And I'm like... I can't because I would literally burn my house down. And then social media was like, we're blocking you for 24 hours because you can't threat, threaten burning houses down. And I'm like, contacts people. I'm talking about how I can't use an oven. I'm talking about my own inadequacy. I'm talking about my ineptitude. I'm talking about how I can't add a heat to bread safely. This is not me threatening to burn down a home, social media. Last time I checked... This is America. They did me dirtier than Trump. If I want to burn my own house down, I'll burn my own house down. I totally forgot about this. I meant to tell you all about this Uh, off the air. That's hilarious. Like, I sent, like, an appeal. I was like, social media, allow me to make crouton jokes. Like, please. Whatever Facebook representative who read that (laughs) had to have known, right? And who reported you for that? I have no idea. I was like, this is... Did they call the cops on you? Like, Fred's going to burn his house down. This guy is afraid to bake. (laughs) His dad did it, and now he's going to do it. Long story short, (laughs) Simone Biles comes up to my belly button. So that's the whole story. She's just itty-bitty. I can't wait wait to see that picture. She's itty-bitty. She's the tiniest. I I also have a social media story from this week. Oh, okay. I had a slide-into-the-DMs moment. Oh, by a complete stranger. Uh, how how was she pretty? Well, here it's a dude. Okay, and he seems handsome, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I had a guy slide into my DMs on Facebook this week, and he sent me a picture of a childhood box of baseball cards with my name written on it. Like he wrote your name on it? Nope, it was in my handwriting. And he said, hey. Hold on, like your childhood handwriting or your current day handwriting? My childhood handwriting, which is wildly close to my actual current handwriting. 
sends me a picture of a box of baseball cards with my name and handwriting on it. And he was like, hey, I was cleaning out my house, and I stumbled across this box of baseball cards, and I Googled your name, and your Facebook came up. You're in New Mexico. I used to live in New Mexico. Would you like your childhood box of baseball cards back? Yes. That happened like three days ago. So you went and got them? So no, we text back and forth. That's weird. Like, okay, I was I was in Carlsbad, <laughs> like ninety two to two thousand. Sure, we're similar ages. So somehow, some way, I must have given away or sold at a garage sale a box of baseball cards, and it wound up with this gentleman, who now lives in Amarillo, Texas. And he said he's a score, a official scorekeeper for a minor league baseball team in Amarillo. The Amarillo Aardvarks? I, I'm guessing. I think it's Amarillo Armadillos. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. I don't have that. Or answer. Amarillo Oil Barons or something. I'm so not. I'm not sure. Did you get the cards back? Is my question. We're working on it. Oh. <laughs> so he seems like a very nice gentleman, because he just asked for my address and he said I will send you these baseball. This cards. is murder. You're now talking about murder stuff. It's either identity fraud or a potential murder, but I'm into it. I'm willing to take that chance <laughs> to get my childhood box of baseball cards back. So when you sold, I'm and I'm in my head, I'm just assuming it's like a like a box of like Fleer, like a 1993 complete set of cards. Is that the, what it the is? The shipping probably is not worth the baseball cards because you would you pick through them. Probably. Yeah, I took out all like the Nolan Ryan's, all the Barry Bonds, and the Barry Bonds, and, the, and, the, Bonds yeah. and the Cal Ripkins. I'm sure I pulled all those, and everybody else. There's probably a lot of John Crooks in this box. Okay, so today's varsity, today's I nine varsity, is what playing cards you were picking from your stash in the '90s. Okay, that's pretty strong. Yeah, so today's varsity is what cards you were plucking. Okay, all right. You take out of the junk box. Yeah, that's the, that's a good varsity. The ones. The ones that are Beckett-esque. Do you remember Beckett? Oh, of course I remember Beckett. So, big shout out to Chris Starr. Okay. Formerly of Hobbs, New Mexico, now of Amarillo, Texas. I should put this picture of cards up on the social media. Let me see it real medias. quick before you, you do. Check it out. Right. Look. Oh, definitely put that on the social media. See, look, look at my little childish handwriting. That's pretty good for a kid, right? That's pretty good. You see these? You wrote junior on there. Well, I am a junior. Okay. It's part of my name. So find it on. So do, you, do you see these like holographic stickers back here? Yes. I remember the day <laughs> I put those stickers on the box. So this, find this, us on the social media at TalkABQ where you can see Van's childhood stash of either stolen, sold, given away, or lost. What other options are there? I, I want to talk to this guy and get the long version of the story. Yeah. Because this is absolutely insane. Like someone hitting me up out of the blue and saying, hey, I have a box of your baseball cards. I really wish somebody would have said, hey, I found that million-dollar check you dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is a pretty strong silver. It's kind of creepy in a way. It's super creepy. It's super creepy, but yeah. I'm into creepy stuff. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler is like my favorite movie. Is that an X-Men reference it's that a I don't very, get? It's a very creepy movie. It's literally not my favorite movie. I just wanted to drop that reference in there. I've never even heard of that. 
Sounds tremendous, though. You should watch it. It's way better than the Fast and the Furious. It's, there's no way that's true. Did you say he's mailing it? You're going to mail it to me. Like UPS, like FedEx. Thank you for your extensive knowledge of mailing services. Yes. I'm just saying that kind of ruins <laughs> the story for me. Because if there was a road trip involved where, like, you meet halfway and, like. Oh, that's Would weird. you like to be on the road with Chisholm Trail RV? In Santa Rosa. And me and you yeah. hop into an RV and meet him halfway. That. And buy him a beer and hear this story. Yes, that is what I want. You could go okay. to that steakhouse wanna... in the Amarillo. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, Vital, that 72-ouncey that, uh, boy. I think it's yeah. a 96-ouncer, isn't that it? That 90-ouncey boy. I really don't know how much it is. But And, and I think you have to eat the potatoes on the side. you got to eat all the sides. Did you see that viral TikTok video you this gotta week? you got to drink eight beers, too. Of how you make uh, KFC mashed potatoes. Did you see this? No. Oh, my gosh. Vital, don't look this up. So the one of these KFC employees just takes a TikTok of them taking like three gallons of water and just adding powdered potatoes to it yeah. and just stirring <laughs> it with like their own human tears to turn it into like KFC mashed potato. And you're like, is there nothing like sacred in this world? That's literally how the ground beef at Taco Bell is made. What? The ground beef at Taco Bell, the little like watery chunks add of water. beef material, water. it's just water and powder. There's no actual meat. Taco Bell beef is not beef? No. What are you eating? It's a beef derivative. What's that mean? Like like leftovers? Like The word derivative? You're asking what that means? Yes. <laughs> it's a byproduct of that, uh, of that food. Thank you for that synonym. Is that whenever you divide two things? I'm so not- it's June. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to like uh, trash byproducts. I see what you did there. Thank you. I'm glad that you have this little, like, as poorly as social media has treated me, I'm glad I treated you so well. It was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. and to, I'm really excited to see, like, what cards are in there. To whatever super. I'm going to give you all, all the Cardinals. Thank you. Yeah. From the 90s? I and I'm going to give Vital all the Brewers. That's sweet. Yeah. All right. I want that Gary Gaetti so bad. I want it so bad. <laughs> 90s Cardinals are the worst of the Cardinals. Up until 1998 when Mark McGuire saved baseball. I guarantee you there's some Willie McGee in that box. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. I love, like, the fireworks show. I love, like, the whole thing about it. Downtown is picking up, Vital. It is a lot of fun out here looking through these windows. We're going to grab a break when we get back. More Olympics talk because I've become obsessed recently. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon & Boots. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV this week. We're having a lot of fun. You're connecting with us on the Graphic Connection text line this week, 505-246-06N. Shoot us a text. We'll text you back. We're playing again. We're playing outside, man, with I-9 Sports. They were going to join us this week, but we didn't work it out. So we'll definitely get them on next week. Sweet. Because we will be live next week. July the 3rd, we will be live. Sweet. I will be live with friend of the show, Brandon Ortega, and friend of the show, Sebastian Noel. How exciting. You will be in Flagstaff. Correct. For the holiday. My dad's a firecracker baby. He's born on the 4th of July. Shout out to Tom Cruise. So we have a big shindig for him every 4th of July. So I will not be here. I'll tell you what. I'll call in. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The. We don't usually come back to this. It's a new one. I appreciate this. Vital dropped a new one on us. And that's what we do. We just come as we are. 
You ever been to Aberdeen? Aberdeen, Washington? No, I've only been to Seattle. So Aberdeen is the birthplace of Kurt Cobain. Sure. Birthplace of Nirvana. And I think India is the verse, birthplace of Nirvana. See what you did there? Yeah. So whenever you drive into Aberdeen, Washington, there's a sign there at the city entrance that says Aberdeen, Washington. And then underneath of it, it says, come as you are. Sweet. It's pretty sweet. I like that a lot. Drunk Me has convinced strangers that the entire song was written off of that sign. Okay. As opposed to. Yeah, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know how convincing I am because I told you. Sometimes I'll have a drink. So if you're in the downtown area right now, uh, watch out for a gentleman of the streets. We just saw him walk by, and he had a, uh, I think the word is quiver. He had a quiver. Of arrows. Of arrows. Yes. He did not have a bow. To our knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's like collapsible or something in his backpack. So there's a guy walking around. He does not look like Cupid whatsoever there's a guy walking around with a quiver i do not believe he's going to the ymca on indian school in san mateo for the day program for the kids to teach them archery which they were doing yesterday which they were doing yesterday at the y when i was there yeah and i was really impressed by it really good archery olympic sport it should be it is yeah it absolutely is, is. it still yeah oh good a lot of special rules for covid over the olympics there's a lot of crazy rules. I don't have them in front of me. Do you have them? Here's a big one. Here's okay. the biggest one for me. Yeah. Tokyo and the nation of Japan mm-hmm. are very protective of their citizens. Uh, makes sense. Yes. And part of that is reflected in the rules for the Olympic Games. Okay. The 2020 Olympics. Got it. Which have not passed. But I'm not sure if you know, Fred, there was a pandemic. In my part of town, there was a pandemic. That pushed stuff back a yeah. little bit. So we're about to have the 2020 Olympics in 2021, Tokyo, Japan. So this is the one that gets me the most. Overseas spectators are banned from the Olympics. So all these people who've worked so hard their whole life to make the Olympics, their family can't be there with them. Ooh, we. Only the lo- the locals get to show up. NBC's about to make off like bandits. They're gonna make so much money on this. Yeah, Bob Costas is just like, just like grinding his hands together and laughing maniacally, like <laughs> so. And, everyone has to listen to me. And I know Japan said, uh, no friends, no family, no exceptions. Yeah, and that's their official stance because that affected. Kim Goucher, who plays for the uh, women's Canadian basketball team. Did you see this? So no. she, So she is, a, uh, she is a mother. Congratulations to her. All right. Go, she Kim. Is, she is the mother of a newborn baby, a three-month-old baby. And uh, Kim um, is, is a breastfeeding mother, right? She, that's how she chooses to – which is fine. That's perfectly fine. Except – she can't bring her daughter to the Olympics. And Japan said, and I just gave it to you, but I quote it, quote, no friends, no family, no exceptions. And she can't get it to a situation where her husband and daughter can go to Japan. So she took this thing public to Instagram and was like, like, there's going to be a lot of Japanese fans there. Like, I don't understand the problem. Like, let me 
please play basketball for my country that I love, and please let me love my child who I love. Let me feed my baby. Yes. So what's the logistics of this thing? Is she going to have to, like, pump and, like, overnight it to Canada? I don't have any kids, so I don't really understand it. Huh. To my- wet nurse. She had to get a wet nurse. Is that still a thing? I think it is. I think you can, like, do, like, a, like a storage deal, like, beforehand. But what? Like, like, just bring your husband and kid and have them sit in the hotel room. Like, that would be the thing that makes the most sense to me. But Japan is, like, they're not moving on it. That's harsh. Seems harsh. That's one step too many. Yeah. That's the one that they overstepped on that one, I'm going to say. Another one is you do not have to be vaccinated. Okay. But you have to take daily COVID tests to Uh, compete. If you're not vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you only have to complete one test a week. If you aren't vaccinated, you have to have a test a day. That seems insanely fair. Japan Japan is a low vaccine country, by the way. It's something like 1% of the Japanese have the vaccine. And one of the other restrictions on the Olympics is that you can, you have to wear a mask. It's local. Yes. The local people go to the things, and you cannot cheer or clap. Now, I don't get that one. How will I see Simone Biles' beautiful smile after she hits a pole vault? And by pole vault, I mean just well, regular vault. You don't, have to, you don't have to wear your mask when you're competing. Oh, okay. But every other moment when you're not eating or competing, you have to have a mask. Let me tie this back real quick to professional wrestling. Professional wrestling Japanese fan, they don't cheer at events. Are you familiar with this? So if you wrestle in Japan, they sit in silence. And it's the worst thing ever. It's so weird. They sit, like, on their hands. I'm not joking. And to watch, like, Japanese wrestling is the worst thing on television. That's what this is going to be. They sit on their hands? It's super weird. I think they call that the stranger. Okay. Okay, but don't you show some emotion? I mean, we're all fans. We watch baseball, basketball, football. You get emotions. They cannot do that. I don't know how you cannot do that, right? They they do it with a baseball too. Like their baseball fans are like super subdued. The opposite of Korea. Yeah, Korea gets loose. Korea goes bonkers. Yeah, at their baseball games, it's so much fun. It's on my list of like lifelong things to do is go to Korea. Go to a baseball game, learn the chants. Because that seems like a lot of fun. Each player in Korea has their own chant. They have a new chant for every single player on the team. Wouldn't that, that be sweet, sweet here? That is super sweet. There are more restrictions, Fred. I'm ready. And there's a big one. Okay. You might know historically that the Olympic Village is basically a giant orgy. It's a brothel. The fittest, most beautiful people mm-hmm. in the world Correct. every four years looking to celebrate. Get together yeah. and swap fluids. Whoa, that last part seems a little descriptive. Okay. Yeah. This year, Japan is discouraging that. What? So four, actually five years ago, in Rio. They set a new record. There are 450,000 condoms dispersed in the Olympic Village. (laughs) 
there's only 230 countries on Earth. I'm going to have to uh, pause this story real quick because there is a person of the street right now dancing around in front of Fred's car. And she keeps dancing and then looking into the car it's like, and getting up and dancing. It's like a floor routine oh, by Tal. Now she's walking away. In front of the car, if, if, there were, if we were to judge this, she would not make the Olympic team. And uh, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair to downtown, <laughs> we've seen lovely people. Yes. Happy families. Walking their dogs. Just the cutest couples. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of pets and animals. And we're pointing out dudes with arrows <laughs> and crazy ladies dancing around Fred's car. I would like to tell you that's not indicative of the whole downtown experience. No. But these kind of things do stand out a little bit. It has been unique. That Anyways. For sure. The Rio Olympics, 450,000 condoms were dispersed to stop STDs. Yes. Right? Because probably because Eastern Europe or whatever. Oh, my gosh. This year, Japan capped it. They're like, we're only handing out 160,000 condoms. And they're discouraging people from using them. They're like, if you guys are swapping (sighs) fluids and making out and doing all this weird Olympic stuff, you're going to spread COVID all over our country. Please don't do this this year. Vital, the Olympics are officially weird at this point. Officially say, weird. I mean, you got to have it somewhere else. <laughs> Japan is not. Actually, you got to just cancel it. You got to push yeah, it back right? again. Here's, and here's my favorite angle that Japan is pushing. It's like these condoms, because they, they banned, air quotes, intimate relations. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they can't come out and say it, but they're banning sex between the athletes in the Olympic Village. Mm-hmm. You cannot have carnal relations with other athletes. But they're still handing out 160,000 condoms and saying, these are souvenirs. Bring these back to your country of origin okay. to spread safe sex practices. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, Japan. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central <laughs> live from Bourbon and Boots as we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. The one-year Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. Connect with us via the text today on the Graphic Connection text line 505-246-0610. 95.9 FM AM 610, the sports animal. Okay, we're talking about icons. Are you ready? Yes. Because baseball has brand new ones across the board. God, they're so good. Vlad Jr. leads Major League Baseball with 25 dingers. That's okay? a lot. That's a lot of dingers. That's a lot of dingers. Otani led off last night for the Angels and smacked one 453 feety boys. He hits them very far. Okay. Not to be outdone, Fernando Tatis Jr. went back to back to back on home runs in his first three at bats yesterday versus the Diamondbacks to extend their road losing streak to 24 games. The anti-money ball streak. What is going here? What is going on? I'm being serious. What is going on with the talent, with the home run hitting capabilities? There's, there's some moments in the history of baseball 
that you don't realize it's a peak until it's over. You had that in the mid 80s with all the superstars. You had that in 90s with the home run chase and the steroids. Mm -hmm. And I think we're having it right now with all this amazing young talent. The summer of 98 saved baseball, and I will talk about that at nauseum. Kyle Schwarber is hit nine in the last six games for 22, currently sitting fourth in Major League right. Baseball with home runs. What? That's Josh Hamilton numbers. <laughs> Are you accusing him of doing crack cocaine? I'm accusing him of having... Oh, you're talking about the home run specifically. 13 long boys in June. Everyone reminisces about the past, but I'm going to look you right in the face and say, despite all the struggles, despite all the sticky stuff, despite all the cheating, baseball has never been better. The players on the field have never been better. Correct. I don't care what age or era is your favorite. The players playing right now would demolish the players from any era. No doubt in my mind. All the jun just the juniors. If you make a team out of people with the suffix junior, yeah. it's the best team of all time. I thought you were going to say it's the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Guerrero Jr. has 25 home runs. By the way, he's played in all 74 games. He set out zero games this year thus far for the Blue Jays. Why would they let him? He's on pace to hit 55 of them. With pitching being the best it's ever been Correct. since 1968. Correct again. Zero human beings on earth can hit Jacob deGrom. Everyone else is hittable. Tatis, who's only played in 59 games, it's harder to project him. But if he would have played like in the same amount of games as, as Vlad Jr. thus far, he'd be on pace for 66 of them. Sweet. So he'll probably get low 50s anyway. Which would be a record if it wasn't for those cheaters. The <laughs> 60 home runs he could reasonably get. He can still do it. Yeah. If he, if he hits three homers a game for the rest of the year. Gosh, yeah. That's like another 300 home runs, right? The amount of guys who have hit 60. It's like five guys, like Ruth, Marist, Bonds, McGuire, Sosa. Good burgers. You put Tatis Jr. in the mix. And we're over here talking like we're not talking about Otani. If you're, if you're sleeping on Otani, you're losing out on one of the best spectacles mm -hmm. in the history of baseball. He's a top five hitter and a top five pitcher. This literally has not happened ever since I will say it over and over again since Babe F. Ruth. Babe Ruth is the last person to Fitzgerald? do it. Fitzgerald? Like, no. Okay. That's not what the F stands for. Babe Ruth was the last person to do it like Otani's doing it. And you have to watch this guy pitch. And you have to watch this guy hit. When, when Otani hits a home run, you hear it. Through the TV. He doesn't just hit home runs. He hits no doubters. It doesn't. He hasn't hit a home run that just scrapes over the wall. When the ball comes to him, he just sees the face of Gwen Stefani, and he hits it. 
No doubt. No doubt. No doubters. Like, there's more people when Shohei Otani is at bat. There's more people in the streets yeah. outside of the stadium waiting to catch his home run than there are in the stadium. There, we right now, in late June, basically July, you got four players on pace for 50 of them. It's very exciting. The last this time... Is, multiple people are on pace to hit 50 home runs. Some people might turn it up in the second half of the season. But remember, these people are playing at such an elite level in the best pitching year since 1968. Mm-hmm. The last time we've had this kind of scorching pace, 2001, Bon Sosa, Rodriguez, and famed Houston Astro turned even more famed Arizona Diamondback Luis Gonzalez. And then before then, the summer of 98, Maguire Sosa, guy you may have heard of, Griffey Jr. He good. And Greg Vaughn, who don't get enough love. I think it's a fair amount of love. It's a fair amount. It's not the most. Probably from his mom. I'm sure his mom loves him. Baseball, the long ball is too good right now. Too good right now. Pine tar, rosin, sticky stuff, pelican grip dip. Take them all away. You saw your boy uh, for the Nationals. The Are you talking to the heterochromatic Max Scherzer? Thank you. St. Louis native. Who on Monday, was it Monday? It means he has two different colored eyes. Yes, I know. It what wasn't that a sex joke. No, it, I mean, yeah. it's June. So, Max Scherzer goes out the other day. He says, I'm not cheating. Let me prove it. Because now the officials have to check. They have to check them. Yeah. We'll tell you more about that when we get back from the break. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots because we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection text line, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're back live at Bourbon and Boots downtown at the intersection of Central and 4th. Bourbon and Boots staff is here. They're starting to set everything up for the 11 o'clock opening today. Noon today, they have a DJ van. Got Ooh. DJ at noon. Stoked. Yeah. So immediately following the program, you and I are going to have a little lunchy boy and a going to have a mimosa. Is that our plan? That uh, I think doing? I'm going to do Bloody Mary first. Okay. And then probably a mimosa. You look like and you we need encourage, a, yeah, all, all the friends of the, of the show. friends of the show, yeah. all of the loyal listeners to come down to Bourbon and Boots and Buy have a little brunchy, have a little lunchy, come have a drink, and hang out with your boys. From the texter, how do I connect with you guys on Twitter? Well, let me tell you, everything's at TalkABQ. At TalkABQ, the tweeting is the one we do the least. We're going to get better We're going to get better. Everything's like linked up or whatever, however that works. But everything's at TalkABQ, so TalkABQ on Facebook, TalkABQ on Instagram, TalkABQ on Twitter. That's how you find your boys. All one word. All one word. Or you could just connect with us on the Graphic Connection hotline, 505-246-0610. You could do that any day, ever, except for this one. That is correct. 
because something's going on with CenturyLink. Phone lines are down. We're so sorry, but you can text us right now. Also, if it's not CenturyLink, if it's like Comcast or something, I apologize a million times over to CenturyLink. I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Their track record needs it. (laughs) This is your fault. Also, if CenturyLink wants to sponsor the show, my attitude will change very quickly. Insanely. Yeah. Yeah. Very fast. You, they'll be like, I'm not a big McDonald's or fast food guy, but if you throw a couple bucks at your boys, I will advocate for you fixing your shake machines. CenturyLink will be like, all right, boys, 100 down, 10 up, and I'll be like, I'll give you a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll do. Major League Baseball has initiated um, these new rules, okay? So there's these new rules. Okay. So because Major League Baseball players who are pitchers um, cheat – so much, Major League Baseball said, well, now we're going to have to police it. So Major League Baseball umpires and officials have to check twice a pitcher mm-hmm. for foreign substances that could be used to doctor the ball. Yep. Cool. So it took about one day. So Max Scherzer is pitching for the Washington Nationals against the hated Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. Sure. Contentious NL East. That is correct. So as he is pitching for them, the official's like, hey, let me me check you, son. He shows him his glove, and he shows him his hat, and he's like, everything's cool. Yep. Cool. Goes to the dugout, uh, comes back out to pitch the next inning. He's not beating the world at this point either. Like, these are strong at bats, and the Phillies are doing something. So then the official, the umpire, says, let me me check you again. And Scherzer's like, all right, I know the rules. Like, this is cumbersome. Like, let me take my hat off. Oh, shoot. Now everyone can see my bald spot. Whatever. So. Doesn't that suck? That does suck. He's, ha- he's never taken his hat off no. in, like, the past five years. And he finally has to take his hat off and showing his thinning middle-aged hair. And then he throws a big fit. And I'm not sure if he was throwing a fit about all the checks for the sticky stuff or if he finally had to take his hat off and be like, okay, this is what I look like underneath this. It gets even worse. So Major League Baseball and their broadcast partners said, hey, we're not going to show you this stuff. It's going to happen between innings. Like It's going to be whatever, right? So Joe Giardi, who you remember, used to play catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals for a cup of coffee. Sure. But is more notably known for winning World Series with the New York Yankees. Sure. As the manager. I guess as a player, too. So he is managing the Philadelphia Phillies. And he says, hey, official, like Max Scherzer's, you know, he's like twiddling his hair a little bit. Like, I think he's got some sticky boy in his hair. Like, it's, it's a very, um, what's that Ben Stiller movie? He's like, well, he's got a little sticky stuff in his hair. Something about Mary. Thank you. Okay. So. Also, ew. The official goes out there. <laughs> And Max Scherzer has had enough of this at this point. He already hates Joe Girardi, just like everyone else in Major League Baseball. Anybody with eyes. He kind of just looks like he sucks. He throws his glove to the the ground. He takes his hat off. He unbuckles his belt. Mm -hmm. He unzips his pants. (laughs) He's like, where do you want to check? (laughs) Did you see Sergio Romo? No. Sergio Romo, the reliever for the Oakland A's, they were doing a second check on him. And he unbuckled and just dropped trowel oh my in the middle of 20,000 people. And look, <sighs> a good point here. 
is yes, the cheating is rampant, the cheating is widespread. But if literally every single pitcher is doing it, is it cheating? Yes. Yeah. No, is it still cheating it's if still everyone's che- yeah, doing no, it? No, it's still cheating. Okay. God. I don't know about that. They start jawing at each other. And apparently, like, bench coaches on the Nationals used to coach for the Yankees or something when Giardi was there. Yeah. So these guys are all yelling at each other. But I feel like everyone in the Nationals is really just yelling at Bryce Harper because why wouldn't they be? And this whole thing goes back and forth. Anyways, long story short, Joe Giardi in two days is hamming – is cheesing the system. And then Max Scherzer is like, I'm getting traded anyways. I don't care. Like, what is all this BS about? And then before you know it, like, you're going to get, like, all these, like, weird, like, analytics that are going to be like, hey, according to StatCast.com or whatever, um, pitchers' performance drops off this percent after uh, coaches' challenge to foreign substances. And it's going to become, like, part of the game. Sure. If, if Jacob deGrom has, like, five strikeouts in a row – the manager is going to try to go out there and be like, oh, you better you better check his belt buckle. He adjusted his pants once just to try to ruin some guy's momentum. And until there's, like, some punishment for doing this, it's just going to run rampant, and managers are going to do it once an inning. When, whenever somebody is in the zone, they're like, okay, get out there, check his hat. He, he adjusted his hat. I want to look at his hat. And it's going to happen over and over again until there's some kind of punishments for the managers, like you lose a challenge or you lose a mound visit or whatever it may be, there has to be some kind of repercussions for bothering the pitcher. Well, and like let's use it last night, right? So like last night playing against the Mets is the Philadelphia Phillies, right? So Aaron Nola, who? Aaron Nola, who? Aaron Nola, who? 10 Ks in a row. He throws 10 Ks in a row against the Mets. That's Joe Girardi's team. The Mets aren't sending someone out there to check him every day. He's in, he's in the rhythm. He's in the momentum. Yeah. That, by the way, is a tie for the Major League record in strikeouts from, I think, former New York Met Tom Seaver. Sweet. I think. So you have to, like, you have to use, like, the intention of the rule. It's not a rule created to be gamed. It's not part of the game. It's part of the rules. Sure. Joe Giardi's gross. Always has been. It's a gross move. Like I, I appreciate MLB trying to crack down, but there has to be. Well, you, I mean, you got to negotiate with the players' union and you know the owners' group, right? You have to find some common thread to like this is what we can use, okay? Because early in the season, it's cold. Obviously, the boys of summer, mm-hmm. it's super hot in the middle. And then the end of the season in the playoffs, it gets cold again. So you need different grips for different types of situations throughout the year. There has to be a negotiated and commonly agreed upon substance that these pitchers can use in different kinds of weather. There is. It's called sweat and rosin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Which is what I use. Yeah. Like Pedro Martinez is shown, like, I've seen those videos where he's like, he's like, watch what I can do. And, like, he can show, like, the difference, like, spin rate. And he can, obviously, I'm talking about Pedro Martinez. Like, sure. He's top One tier. of the goats. Yeah. yeah. But, like, no, it's, it's insane to me how just vastly manipulative, like, pitchers can be with the ball. And if you give them that slight edge, if you give them whatever, talcum or whatever, yeah. like, they're going to be able to do something, like, that much more spider juice or whatever. Like, they're going to be able to, I don't know, really 
really do that thing. And whenever you even the playing field like this, um, you, Joe Girardi, should be so thankful that your team can now get hits. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you're seeing in real time a decrease in spin rates from the beginning of June where they started cracking down. Big time. And instead of getting busted and being outed, you're seeing a lot of, like, the top-tier pitchers mm-hmm. quit using whatever tack or what any kind of grippy stuff they're using. They all quit at the same time. And league-wide, you're seeing a decrease in spin rate. People's fastballs don't stay as high in the zone. People's sliders don't move as far. The curveballs don't drop down as much. And so there's been an immediate increase in ERA, an immediate decrease in strikeouts. And the offense is more fun. There's more balls being put into play. But it's very apparent and very obvious that this has been going on for three, four, five years or whatever. Because in two weeks, you're seeing a complete different change in the way the game is played. Didn't Trevor Bauer talk about that? Bauer did? Oh, yeah, Trevor Bauer did, yeah. Yeah, in, what was it, 2018? Um, Thought he was he, nuts. He called out Astros pitchers, and he called out some other pitchers for, for using the sticky stuff and getting higher spin rates. And he said, I'm a purist. I'll never do it. But then he went to a drive line, the, uh, the pitching school, and they encouraged him, like, hey, everyone else is doing it. You got to do it to adapt or die or whatever. And then Trevor Bauer, I th- I, it might have been 19. I think it was 2018. He said he tweeted during the game, watch this inning. Mm-hmm. And he used tack in one inning, struck out the side, and his spin rates went up like 15% in one inning and then washed his hands and went back to normal the very next inning. So he showed how much of an immediate impact it has in a very small sample size, but he immediately showed what this stuff can do. And then the following year, he embraced it, and he won a Cy Young and got PAID paid Mm -hmm. by the Dodgers. So I'm I'm really curious to see, like, these – you know, I mean, there's Jacob DeGrom, and then there's a group of, like, 10 or 15 guys Correct. who are super elite. And Trevor Bauer is one of them. And I'm really excited to see, like, who is going to be affected by it that much, who's going to sustain their numbers. It's going to be really fun to see throughout this year with this crackdown. Um, when we get back to break, Van, breaking news from the text. Uh-oh. My greatest fear has literally come true. Well, here we go. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon & Boots because we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV this week. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection text line, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live from Bourbon & Boots, the intersection of Central & Forest. We're having a lot of fun with it on the program this morning. Uh, sad news, sad breaking news, man. Hit me with it. Uh, from KOAT which is Channel 7 here in town. Uh, four dead, one critical, and Albuquerque hot air balloon crash. Oh, oh, don't say that. I've lived here for four years, and I've asked. I talk about hot air balloons. I'm kind of obsessed with hot air balloons. Like, it's, I didn't realize I was until I moved here. And I ask this question a lot, like, does this kind of thing ever happen? And, uh, and over and over again, I hear no. But, yeah, this morning at the intersection of Central and Unzer. I, so. To my belief... 
This is the first incident of that sort. I had not heard of it. After years and years and years of doing this, thousands upon thousands of balloons going up and coming down. Ugh. Just, ugh. Terrible tragedy. Hate that. Sending condolences to the family. Absolutely. Thoughts. How rough is that? (sighs) Taking it back to sports. MLB All-Star Game is in Denver this year. So that'll be... Um, you get an Otani, but no Tatis Jr. How about the uniforms? Well, That's where we're going. That's where we're going with this, Vital. Thanks for the softball. It is just hideous. They're bad. They, um, they're possibly the worst I've ever seen. I think they're the second worst jerseys in the history of baseball. If you, you remember the turn up the clock jerseys from '98, the '90s jerseys, they tried yeah. to be futuristic. Those were awful. Those sucked. Those were the worst of all time, except for the Rockies. The Rockies looked very good. <laughs> Everybody else was horrible. These All-Star jerseys are terrible. I'm gonna try to describe it to you, okay? So. Think if Ralph Lauren Polo were to design sportswear, okay? Okay. Think if uppity turn of the 20th century, not 21st century, okay, 20th century East Coast university or country club that only plays polo okay. were to create – a uniform for their squad. That's pretty close. That is what this jersey is. Here's my vibe. Okay. Whoever was the decision maker. Nike is the answer. Said, hey, are you a graphic designer? Do you hate baseball? Would you like to ruin the sport? Please design these all-star jerseys. (laughs) Because that's what this is doing. That was part of the thing that you liked about the All-Star game. You saw all the different players wear all, all the different jerseys. That made it fun. Right, yeah. You can I think it's the only All-Star game that has that. Wear the All-Star weekend jerseys right. during the Home Run Derby. That's very cool. I mean, I'm And then during the game, you represent your own team. These are uh, horrible. Horrible. They're, they're so bad. Um, now, the cut, the design itself um, – it's the two buttons at the top and then, like, a solid pullover. So it's not even, like, a full button-up, like, jersey as you recognize your favorite home team of having sure. for a million years. Okay, it's a pullover, fine. But then it looks like like a softball jersey. It looks like your rec league softball, like, deal where it's like, hey, there's, like, camouflage on it for some reason. Why? Why? And then – like, a lot of clothes, like, you'll have, like, a full front pattern. Like, you and I are currently wearing two full front graphic tees. With the, the logo is equidistant. Yes. All across the, check and, the chest and torso. That makes sense. Yeah. If you were to be wearing, I don't know, like, something with a small, like, upper chest insignia, that would also make sense, like a small logo. This takes a full graphic design logo and offsets it to the left and takes it down, like, why? Why is, it, why is it there? Why is it there? It makes no sense. This is like the sports equivalent 
of the dunce cap? Yes. I think this is punishment for some reason. Like, what did these baseball players do wrong to you, Nike, that you're going to make them dress like this? To be fair. To be fair. Oh, to be fair. The hats are fire. Okay, fire is an exaggeration. You don't think they are? <laughs> I, think I don't either. They're passable. The hats are like a solid six, if you will. The hats are, I mean, compared to the jerseys, the hats are the greatest thing ever invented. Fire, the wheel, all-star game hats, <laughs> but only all-star game hats compared to the jerseys. I am super in on the all-star game hat. Strong blue star in the back, strong red logo in the front. It also looks like it doubles, I don't know, it's like a 4th of July hat. Yeah. Like, I am about this hat life. Like, I am about everything that is, like, all-star game. Like, like, hey, let's bleed a couple of extra bucks and let's get some more attention and some more notoriety. And let's, like, let's make it look the part. But why don't you just put, like, the all-star game hat on top of, like, the regular jersey? So if, you're, if I'm wearing, like, my regular Padres jersey, I will put the all-star game hat on top of that. And I'm like, that's a fair mixture. That, for me, works. So up next in the next segment, we have Angelique Paul sure. from We Are Weld. And I'm very excited to talk about this upstart clothing company. And I would love to hear her opinion as a <laughs> costume designer and clothier about these horrible all-star jerseys. I, I need to get her opinion next segment. That is, that's bringing in expertise. Yes. Yeah. We're just two dudes talking smack. She's an actual expert at this. And then there's like, all right, so we are like experts in talk radio. Sure, right? Yeah. But like, do we, is there a title that identifies that? Like, like it, what are you? Are you an opinionist? Are you an op-edist? Are you an orator? Are you a storyteller? Are you, like, what is that thing? I, I often say sensationalist provocateur. That's, okay, you can't just, yeah. you can't just add an inflection to something and make it better. <laughs> That's literally what I do every day. That's, yeah. That's how you ask questions. <laughs> Anyways, the All-Star Game jerseys, in my opinion, are garbage. Um, you don't really see a lot of this stuff, like, around. Like, fans wear it one time. No one is going to buy this. No one's going to buy it. And if you do, I will judge you accordingly. Similar story to this is the NFL said, because like if for a long time you could wear throwback jerseys or whatever, or like uh, colorway jerseys or whatever all these things. Yeah. Like, but you had to keep wearing wearing like your helmet, which is weird. Which was weird. Why? I don't know. But they just changed the rule to where you can like throw on the throwback helmet now. Yes. And that to me is like there's the hotness. So why doesn't Major League Baseball do the same thing? Where it's like for the All Star Game, we're actually gonna instead of like weird, dumb, all-star game, specific made whatevers, we're going to do throwback. Cool, now I'm in. You make like a throwback thing and put an all-star patch on the side of it? I'll do that. I'll buy that. Sure. I don't have a problem with that. But for throwback week, whenever you have the old-timey throwback jerseys, you also have to play without a glove and work at the meatpacking plant during the day. <laughs> make it real. No shoes. If you're going to do yeah. it, own it, right? <laughs> <laughs> They bring, like, um, oh, shoot. What is that called? Uh, oh, shoot. Now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, when do you, you put it on the back. Pine tar. Okay. So, yes. 
Super hard blank I drew. So anyways, yeah. So you go out there and like and they're like, Hey, they're checking for substances. And you're like, No, we're trying to stay authentic here. Yes. And, and like pictures are just covered like elbow yeah, yeah, yeah. to wrist and pine tar. And they're like, No, this is this is period. This is this is super period. Like Vaseline hasn't even invented yet, but they have like like pig remulod like underneath their Love belt. That. Yeah. We have to we're gonna grab a break a minute early so we can get our guests settled in. Who's joining us, man? Angelique Paul. How very exciting. And she'll tell you all about her company when we get back. We're having a lot of fun at Bourbon and Boots and we're able to be here because of Chisholm Trail R V. We're on the road with them. We're playing again with I9 Sports and we're fueled by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Connect with your boys on the graphic connection. Text line 505-246-0610-95.9 FM AM 610 the Sports Animal. Back live from Bourbon and Boots is downtown Albuquerque is coming alive. I think it's because we just brought the energy into Bourbon and Boots. Is what All right. <laughs> Angelique Paul has joined us. She's the f- – give me a title that you want. Do you want founder? Do you want seamstress? Do you want inventor? Do you want, like, pro- uh, what title do you want? So I like to go with co-creatrix. Got it. Yeah. Co- Ooh. All right, yeah. Which, or designer, more. but, you know, co-designer, co-creatrix. I actually have a business partner as well, but she's not here at the moment. Angelique Paul, one of two, one business partner not here, mm-hmm. of We Are Weld. Everything is at we are well, we as it's spelled R A R E, then W E L L D. We are weld is all your social media, uh, and you have brought. I'm telling you, what, I'm not laughing at it. I'm laughing with it. The one Z. That's right. Yeah, the what? one Z. And uh, the funny thing is, is it, it takes a minute for for people to get that, but uh, it's a onesie. A onesie. Yeah. No. It is. I get it. Yeah. I guys. For the listener, do you remember the craze years ago when there was blankets with sleeves? Like, that is what this is. But for outside the house, question mark? No, 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 no. No, okay. This is a a multi-purpose garment. It's a solution-based garment that you can wear, you know, if you're going to work. Like, let's say, like, a person like myself who's worked in film for 15-plus years. Mm -hmm. You know, I wake up at 4 in the morning. I have to be dressed, and people have to trust that I can dress them. But, like, I also need pockets. I need a place to put my walkie-talkie, my phones, you know, like, phone, whatever, all that sort of thing. And having something that you can put on that's layerable that looks nice for 14 hours and you know it's it's kind of a necessity it's like a wonderful match a wonderful mishmash of like style and function and like movability like i don't know if you remember the scene from sunny in philly where he puts on the jorts and he's like squatting <laughs> down you can see look at all the stuff that i can do now that i don't have all these this is amazing i've never there's no. so there's so much room for activities. <laughs> Never seen whatever you're talking about. We're gonna put these uh, on the social media at TalkABQ. Obviously, you can already find them at We Are Weld W E L L D. Angelique, it's it's a jumper. So so it's a jumpsuit. It's a coverall. It's a onesie. The the other thing about it is that um, it's also solving an issue that a fair amount of the population didn't know existed. Mm, that too. Okay. But, but we, we have a design patent pending, actually, oh. on something that we call WizTech, which is, uh, which is right here. It's the Waistline Hinged Innovative Zipper Technology. Ooh. So you can... You just um, drop trowel. You can, you know, drop trowel without having to uh, We're gonna actually put- take the entire garment off. As I feel that there's a fair amount of people in the world who have had to go to a porta potty or a public restroom, mm-hmm. whether male-bodied or female-bodied. Sure. Like, as of now, there's actually, this is a unisex garment. So we, we have a fair amount of both 
male-bodied female people that um, have purchased them. And we're, 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 on, we're on the radio. We're not on television we're right need now. A boomerang if of this. you guys haven't noticed, but I am in a onesie right now. I am in a Wu Tang yellow. <laughs> One Z, mm-hmm. and this these things kill. Like I'm super into it. Again, we're gonna put this on the social media at Targetbeacons. This has to be seen. You look like. Okay, are you familiar with cosmonauts? Yes. Okay, so you are in that vein right now. Of, technically, we won the space race. Th- well, technically, but, they did. But go America. Yes. So you you look as if you have just entered a space station, and this is like the work slash comfortability outfit you have to have right. while traversing the zero gravity environment that is the International Space Station uh, Cosmonaut Van. Yeah, but it's also June so I'm wearing fun, bright <laughs> colors and so, okay, you, you yep. mentioned that you're in the movie industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what is your background? Where, where did all of this costumery this, this idea come from uh so so it really it came from like what i was describing in the sense of you know needing to look nice but have something functional on that you know really like has everything you need you know so you're not you're not looking for like oh man i need a pocket to put this here or there or you know i need to carry uh, a whole bunch of of things and i don't have the ability to do so but the other part too is like like a lot of people on set actually wear you know like garments that have more function to them, but they don't really have a huge amount of style. They're a little bit schlumpy looking. They're kind of just, eh, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and you're interacting with the public. You're interacting with actors and, you know, all sorts of things. And sometimes you have to, like, go out into the real world, real world as well. But, but the thing is, is to, to speak to the, uh, the, the futuristic look of it, that's okay. actually intentional. We wanted to put a new twist on the coverall and on the jumpsuit because, guys, it's 2021. Like, we're in the future. We're the, literally what, the future, yeah. What do people wear in the future? Like, any future movie, any future anything you've ever seen? Do they? <laughs> that is hardly future. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, that's mm, present is yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's about. present. Okay, Star but, Trek. But, but Star seriously, Trek. though, I mean, what do they wear? They, do, do people wear jeans and t- t-shirts in, in future films? Do they? I, that's an excellent question. The answer is universally no, right? Yeah. Outside of Back to the Future 2. So I, I will be wearing jorts in the future. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, I'm really excited for what the future holds. So, and again, everything's at Talk ABQ. Everything is at We Are Well, W-E-L-L-D. You can see these. And we're going to put photos of Van because you didn't bring your boy size. I did. I am too. I am too large. Uh, I feel like I have one that that could fit you. We're gonna try our best, and we're gonna we're gonna put this out there, and and the lit friend of the show is gonna see it, and they're gonna say, "I want to acquire this. I want to put this into probably not my white guy clothes closet, but like my regular clothes closet." Where would they do that? How would, they, how would a person bring this into their everyday wear? So they could go to our Indiegogo campaign, which there's a link for it on our Instagram, on our website at weareweld.com. Uh, there's a fun video that was made here with uh, Ultimatum Pictures uh, that basically shows all the functionality of it. And, you know, it's like it has that kind of, uh, you know, fun, funky sort of style, like a, like a Squatty Potty or Dr. Squatch. You know, so it's it's amusing, but you can you can go there, uh, and there's different levels that you can contribute towards. Okay. If you go level six, that gets you a first edition onesie. If you go 
level seven, you get that with all the, like, you know, the swag, the, the stickers, the tote bag. We have some custom keychains getting made as well as custom bandanas. Both myself and my business partner have been doing costumes for about 15 years each. Right. So we've styled out some pretty, pretty cool stuff. All joking aside, because yeah. we're having a lot of fun with it, because it is a fun look. That's the bottom. Yeah. It's a very fun look. Is it for work or is it for play? It's for both. It's I mean, for both. It's for both. You can work at Coachella, and you can also wear this at Coachella. <laughs> that's a wonderful example, because that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Especially with the, what's it called? The Wiz? WizTech. The WizTech. Which is an acronym. Like, you can take a Wiz with WizTech. Yes, that's but perfect. W-H-I-Z. Yeah, WizTech. Whiz tech yeah. is your waistline you just, hinge. You just zip it, zipper, and pull it down. Yep, and then you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. I'm you, super into this. You look like real life Winnie the Pooh right now. <laughs> okay, Wait, so we call I, this one Kill Bill, by the way. Oh, oh. that's good. Okay. Yeah, this this I one see. is Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. So both of my grandfathers, I'm I'm the the grandson of two potash miners from Carlsbad, New Mexico. One of my grandfathers wore overalls every day. My other grandfather wore coveralls every day, and it wasn't until right now in this moment that I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Yeah. This is so sweet. Yeah. It's it's easy. Like, you just put it on, and you're like, set it and forget it. Boom. You're done. And you, and you can look... You can look cool, too, because, I, you know, I mean, as someone I feel who's, like, on somewhat of the cutting edge of what, you know, trends coolness. and fashion yeah. are. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to say coolness, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, onesies, jumpsuits, coveralls, those sort of things, those are in. Wearing workwear in general, in. Do you know people who wear Carhartt-type stuff just for fashion? Action are they, Bronson. Are they all just <laughs> going to go do work? Are they all just going to, like, you know build things Listen, as a guy who strongly invested in the man romper years ago <laughs> only to be failed it's only a, to it's be failed by the rock him it's not a romper it's Thank a rock him i don't think it needs to be gendered honestly it is 2021 and it is june you're gonna turn heads with this look that's We're, the point that's the point okay yeah, yeah. It, i'm in on that yeah you could wear it fishing yeah you could wear it to a funeral <laughs> You can. <laughs> is there, did you bring a black one for the funeral? <laughs> okay, is there one for so, a wedding? Yeah. No, the black one's in L.A. right now, actually. Um, it, it's, it's getting a photo shoot. Um, but uh, the black one actually has neon zippers. And, and that one is pretty fly. People love the black one. Makes it pop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's definitely, it has almost like a, a meow wolfy edge to it. You know, like, again, you could paint a mural in it. I would call this rave yeah. wear. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is everything wear. Literally, like I, I actually recently went on a trip to LA to meet with our YKK uh, zipper representative. I don't know what that abbreviation is. It's, it's YKK. Even, Look it at is, your zipper right it is now. The Look at your zipper. Top zipper company because we are all about quality. This is made in the what US. What does it say on it? Hollister. Quality no, doesn't. <laughs> oh, but you know what? It says that because they actually stamp it for you. Oh, like okay. You, yeah. When you're a big enough company, you can get, like, your own name on your zippers. But if not, you will probably see YKK. But the thing is, is I literally, I packed two onesies just because I felt like wearing two different colors. And that's it. Do you remember? So like, I was weird. like, and I, I was making friends in the airport left and right. People are like, hey, what is that? Where'd you, what? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean. Do you remember after Clueless came out in the 90s mm-hmm. and then people started wearing two polos at once mm-hmm. so they could pop it? That's, that's where you're going to end up with this. Cool. Your, <laughs> yeah, sweet. I'm into it. 
<laughs> I'm super in this too. Uh, Angelique Paul of We Are Weld, We Are Weld, W E L L D.com. Um, you're doing it in a unique, world, unique way, girl, and I like your energy. I like hey, everything thanks. about this. Uh, check out their Indiegogo. We are, we, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We are Weld, W E L L D.com, uh, where you can support what is going on. And then if you hit that low support, what is the next step? Uh, so basically, if we hit our, our main goal, that's going to launch the first color. Okay. Uh, you know, we're bootstrapping this because basically there was no jobs in film for almost nine months during right. 2020. So we made some lemonade out of the lemons that were. And uh, basically, that was that was the thing. So we've created all this self-funded as of right now. But if we go past our goal, then we can launch more colors like Kill Bill or like the black one with the uh, neon zippers or maybe just a completely blacked out one. That's the next on the works because people really like want that kind of like super stealth vibe. So Van and I are obviously of such upper echelon that we're invited to a lot of white parties. Mm -hmm. Like it's just white outs. Like, oh, yeah, I would like to have the the painter's version Perfect. of this. We just ordered that fabric, actually. The, the stain resistant. Uh, it's a it's a bull denim, cotton bull denim sourced this is in the a, U.S. It's like a canvas, but it's not. Yeah. It's bull denim. Yeah, yeah. This is this is legit. We also have um, duck, which is the material that like you know most workwear, Carhartt, that sort of stuff is okay. made out of. And then we have a stretch twill. I like the what stretch. Van is wearing. Yeah, that's our lightest. You know, but you, I have a big problem because yeah. you know I'm an, an elite level athlete, that's Fred, as you true. know. And I sometimes I flex and just like rip out of clothes. I'm not going to. It's like the stretch material is pretty sweet. Yeah, there's also some nice vents in the back because this is a motorcycle jacket cut. I'm a sweaty dude, so already. I need it. Yeah, yeah, it's so, it's a it's a pretty dope cut on most people to have the uh, the motorcycle jacket cut because it gives mobility. You know, little inside baseball. And this is probably going to work with a couple listeners. We. Uh, we're, we're in the midst of, like, starting, like, a professional wrestling organization here in town. That's a thing we've had many conversations about. Uh -huh. um, I could see a tag team in this. For sure. For oh, yeah. sure. Because, yeah. like, you would show, like, well, you can do anything. You could, you could body slam. Yeah. You can make it work. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's customizable. I mean, like, what? I have – Yeah. I mean, like, that we're also collaborating with a lot of artists in the sense of things for our rewards. Mm -hmm. But then also, uh, speaking of Meow Wolf, I have an artist from Meow Wolf who's uh, been in the works about customized painting some of these. Uh, somebody else doing some really cool uh, embroidery Ooh. and, you know, patches, things like that. Like, it's like, make it your own. You, you catch Kendrick Lamar in one of these and, and you're not going to be able to make enough of them. That's how sure. I see it. I mean, you know, that's all right. We're making them here in the U.S., so, you know, that's that's a good thing, too. I mean, I thought you were going to say me, the picture of me that we're going to put yeah. on social nope, media, but Kendrick not. Lamar's fine, too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, hit him up. I'll send him one. Angelique yeah. Paul of We Are Weld, W-E-L-L-D, has brought us the one Z. Yes. Support their Indiegogo. They had some cool stuff going on. I'm glad we got that take this time. This was this was the energy I needed this morning. Uh, check them out. Follow them on social media. We will obviously link them with what we're about to put up on Talk ABQ. So at 11.01, check at Talk ABQ for a photo of us in the onesie and probably some Bloody Marys from Bourbon and Boots. Yeah, baby. Yeah. When we get back from the break, today's varsity, which it, what was today's varsity? Pluck cards. Yes. Plucked cards. Okay. Very excited about this. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots because we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, powered by New Mexico Opinion on Coffee, and we're playing again with I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Ooh, we van. 
We've had a blast of a morning down here at Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of Central and Fourth. It's right downtown. I mean, it's right here. If you're downtown, you know where it's at. It's just right here. Big thank you to all of our guests, Kelly Shane, for helping us explore the world of women's gymnastics. Angelique Paul, we are Weld, who brought us the onesie. We just took some photos. We have a lot of fun putting that on social media. Got some friends of the show showing up already a couple minutes early, so it's exciting. Got some of the boys out, apparently. So we're going to have a Bloody Mary after the program and hopefully eat something. Boy, starving. What was your favorite part of being here today, man? Well, I, I want to say everything. Yes. But for me, it's the camaraderie. Ah, fellowship. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm really into fellowship. I know that's your favorite word. I but, completely. Uh, yeah. Today's varsity. Today's I-9 varsity. Okay, man? Okay. Today's I-9 varsity is cards you would pluck. Correct. From your collection. Yes. 505-312-4999. Contact I-9 Sports. Get your kids out and play. I-9 Sports lead off is 280. Contact them, 505-312-4999. Okay. So I would pull out of my collection of cards for sure all the Dennis Rodmans. You're a big Rodman guy. I'm a big Rodman guy. Okay. Um, I like to play on the court. I like to play off the court. So I'm going to be Dennis Rodman is going to be on my list of pluck cards. I would have kept them all. I used to be a really big card collector. Yes. And I don't know if I ever showed you my collection, but it's kind of impressive. Okay. I got some cool stuff. But what I really like to do is pluck the players with crazy names. And I'm going to start with Pittsburgh Pirate Legends, Johnny Dickshot. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Every time I found a Johnny Dickshot card, I would pull it right out of the box. I, okay, I don't hate that one at all. It's very good. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with former, at the time, Los Angeles Raider, Barrett Robbins. Okay. Barrett Robbins used to play center for the Raiders, famed for... Skipping out of the Super Bowl in San Diego because he went south of the border and got too loose. Sweet. So I'm going with Barrett Robbins. Been there. Yeah, he's on my list. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna notice a trend here. Okay. Fred. Yeah. And on top of Johnny Dickshot, I am going to pluck Red Sox legend Dick Pole. Mm-hmm. Dick Pole. I always, <laughs> always keep my Dick Pole cards. Very strong. Yeah. I am gonna go with. My favorite football player of all time. Okay. Ryan Leaf. Ooh. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's, so, you were. drafted in 98, right behind one Peyton Manning. Not for what he did on the field, but, well, for his illustrious career off the field. Yes. Of, Are you talking about the B&Es? Yes. All of the breaking in and trains. Next on my list. Are you uh, familiar with, like, uh stuffing your your pants to try to make your um yourself seem larger than you are ah, have you, have you heard about moves. this trend? You're talking about the sock move sock move yes. right so whenever i found this guy's cards i would always keep them as well mm -hmm. uh the pride of west virginia dick padden ah yeah like padden yeah that's a good dick one padden very good yeah, one it's a good one I'd always pull out the Lawrence Taylor cards. Okay, okay. tell me why. Liked him as a player. 
Loved him off the field. Okay. Yeah, he was powerful on the field, but he wasn't as powerful as Cocaine off the field. Ooh, no. So I'm going with Lawrence Taylor. He's on my list. Well, I think Cocaine on the field as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So next on my list is Minnesota Twins legend. Brock Lesnar. Rusty Koontz. Okay, that's a very good one. And when you read his last name, if you didn't know how to pronounce yep. his name, yep, I see what you, did you would say it a completely mm-hmm. different way. So I always pull the Rusty Koontz cards out of my box. I got a lot of Lenny Dykstra's. Okay. Okay, I'm collecting. Legendary. Yeah, Lenny Dykstra's who I think had two dozen hits in June of 95, but he also had two dozen charges, including auto theft, identity fraud, and drug allegations. Yeah. Lenny Dykstra is on my list. So a player that I can't go without having their cards was um, famed player and eventually player manager for Cleveland, Pussy Tabo. Ah, yeah. So I'm a bit. I've always been a big Pussy Tabo guy. Mm-hmm. So whenever I pull one of his cards, that's a keeper for me. I would get every single Buffalo Bills OJ Simpson card that I could pull. Okay. I wanted to make sure I had all the OJ cards. Okay. I really liked him as an on-field athlete and an actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. So I'm going with OJ Simpson. He's on my list of cards. That I make sure I pluck. Okay. Yeah. So next on my list <laughs> is Raphael Pierre, but he goes by Pete. He was a baseball first baseman and outfielder. Mm-hmm. Played a lot for your St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, no, that's correct. Uh, he's a teammate of one of my favorite players of all time, Bob Gibson. But he goes by Pete LeCock Jr. Ah, not from the 90s. So whenever I get a Pete LeCock Jr. Yeah. card, I always keep that guy. Not from the 90s, It's a though, very good friend. one. You were a little outside the 90s there. Um, not Did sure. I say 90s? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not sure if uh, boxing Not sure if boxing has cards. Yeah, there's boxing cards. I'm a big Mike Tyson guy. I pull out all the Mike Tysons. Okay. Yeah, um, obviously the most renowned boxer in the history of it, um, but also most renowned road rager and possession of narcotics. Sweet. Uh, yeah, 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 so I'll go with. Dude parties. Dude, dude parties from the texter. Somewhat of a journeyman, Dickie Thorne played for six different teams during his 15 years in the league. That's from Sebastian Noel, who will be joining me on the program next week. Dickie Thorne, isn't it? Dickie Thorne. Oh, I, yeah. Did it autocorrect to Thorne? It probably did. Yeah, it's Dickie Thorne. He's also on my list. So we are downtown. Yeah. And I am very adventurous. So the last name on my list is uh, Chicago legend Urban Shocker. So Urban Shocker. Is next on my list. That's a very good one. Yeah, thank yeah. you. All joking aside, Vince Coleman and the Fireworks Show. It's very good. That's a very good, good one for me. <laughs> what a good program today. Thank you to Bourbon Boots for having us. Uh, friends of the show are already out, so this is exciting. We're going to sit down and hang out with some fans of the program, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to Michael Vital for helping us so very much today. Any final words before we go, man? Hey, come see us at Bourbon and Boots. Have a drink and some lunch with us. Good job, everyone. GG. See you next week, Burke.